0: My name is James Rowlands and in 2015 I started a Domino Podcast with my friend
1: Dan Mike and for five years we have brought you the very best of the network but it's time for a change.
0: Now we don't just confine ourselves to Vinnie Mac bring you AEW, Impact, NJPW and, and all the latest for the British wrestling scene.
1: But we will still bring you all our old favourites including NXT update, takeovers and live shows for the big four.
0: This year we will decide who is the greatest British wrestler in the world plus so much more.
1: But until we watch everything, we are with you and
0: we We are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today, it's a WNR 296, and the start of the year, we decided to dive into British wrestling history, and the greats, and the first one was, of course, Nigel McGuinness. Well, today, we have another legend, and especially
1: after recent events, we need cheering up. And to show there is good in British wrestling, it's time
0: for the William Regal Superstar Profile. But before we do anything, we have got the ultimate intro, and, well, it was can't be more apt, really... He's a man, such a man, such a man, he's a real, a real man's man, come on down, such a man, he's a real, a real man's man. We know a lot more about Regal, but we'll split it up into chapters to make everything easier.
1: So we start off with his early life, and I'm not as old as you might think. It's just that I've been wrestling a long time. There's very few on the current world wrestling entertainment roster with more experience on the job than I have. The fact is, I was born Darren Matthews on May 10th, 1968, in a little village in the middle of England,
0: Codsall Wood in Staffordshire. Not a lot goes on in Codsallwood. Well, my dad Don Matthews is a builder and he was born in just 50 yards from my grandfather's house where my dad himself was born.
1: Wrestling is one of my earliest memories. Whenever I could, I'd watch it on TV. I also loved that old show, The Comedians, all those old gag a minute northern stand-up comics. I love Slade too, the glam rock band. Wrestling, comedy, and show business—they were always going to play a big part in my life.
0: And that was from *Walking a Golden Mile*, a book by William Regal, and helped by Neil Chandler. And what a better way to them from the man himself? And that's—let's hear from him right now.
2: Blackpool Pleasure Beach is rated in the top ten amusement parks in the world. Good place to bring your kids if you ever come to England. If you ever need anything, see Peter—he's your man. <laughs> At one time, this was the tallest roller coaster, tallest and fastest in the world. I believe it's 218 feet, the drop on it. It's an incredible park, there's a lot of history there, and it's the second most visited place in Europe. This is the last weekend of the actual summer season, so everything after this weekend shuts down for the winter, and it gets very quiet. Wrestling all started for me probably 1975. I was seven years old and I came walking around that corner right there with my family. I saw a guy in a Viking costume and one in a mask, and basically they were challenging people out of the crowd here to fight these guys in a wrestling match. And I remember being totally and utterly taken back by it, just just enthralled by the whole thing. And from then onwards, I always said I was going to work here. 1983, I was 15, so I went up and said, I want to fight this guy, so they, they took me inside there and he proceeded to... Beat me after to death. But I just kept coming back and coming back, and after a while, that, yeah. you know, they sort of let me hang around a bit, you know, and doing a few things. The following year, 1984, I left school and uh, I came to live here. The
3: boxers, wrestlers, judo men, perverts, anybody in
2: that description, we will have here. The way it was set up here, we'd started about about 12 o'clock on the day time. yeah, 12 o'clock. You could
0: last three minutes in the ring with them. I'll, get I'll give you
2: £10 cash you, and And you'd do your first show and you might. you know, you'd get your guys outside, you'd get your crowd. Guy in a microphone, he was very good and he'd make challenges.
3: Right, then, I'll tell you what I'll do. Ladies and gentlemen, it's all in rules. I specify the word, all in rules. Put the boot in, the fist and the nut. This is where it all lands, ladies and gentlemen, it all lands. Yes, I don't want to do that. You know what to do. Well, I'm
2: just telling you. Peter was with me, he sort of took me under his wing when I was... A little lad and showed me around and taught me how to look after myself. He can badmouth all he wants, but I can do the business. When we get in there, who can do the business and I can do it, so watch out. I see. Hang on a minute there, Steve. Is it uh, putting any pressure on this being built? The match to all, end all matches? It might be his last match, it won't be mine, that's all I can say. There we go, another very confident wrestler. I remember once I was in the ring here and I was resting with one of our guys and a guy from I think that table there kept jumping on the side of the ring so I finished my match and I grabbed all the microphone and I said ladies and gentlemen it's okay for young thugs like this to mug old ladies and cause trouble at soccer games I said but would he get in here with a real man? And he went white, and everybody in the building turned on him, and they all went, yeah, get in there, do something. So he's on the spot now, he's got to do it. So as he put his head between the top and middle ropes, I kicked him as hard as I could in the face, and he fell back and landed on a table over there, and the guy the microphone went, nine, ten, out. We had this drunken midget working with us. <laughs> And he used to be drunk night and day. And I used to stand him on a bar stool, stood next to me like that, like a ventriloquist puppet, and he'd be falling. And little kids would come up to him, hello,
3: and he'd. Hey, hey, come on, hey, come on now, whoa, 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 whoa. Hell,
2: oh, whoa. It was the Wild West, yeah, it used to be off.
1: used
0: to be before I used to get all these
2: drunks that would come up wanting to fight, and you know, you really want to fight, yeah, well, do 50 push ups there, you know, so they do it 39 was no good, start again. And we'd have all these drugs, like, throwing up and stuff. Uh, just entertain yourself. I loved it. It was just magical working here. It was, it was magical. There's a 15-year-old kid working here. Like, 16, coming to Blackpool. And just living here and doing all the work. How many people get to do what they want for a living? That's a good deal, isn't it? You drive it, you get the money, and he gets a carrot. That's a... it.
0: He gives me a kiss and all <laughs> <on. Yeah.
2: laughs> <laughs> that. This... Is a first for me. All the years I lived in Blackpool, I never once took the advantage of horse drawn carriage or a landau as they call them. Blackpool's in three sections South Shore, Central, and North Shore. I used to live five minutes down that way. We're coming up on a section of town now that's probably the most violent and roughest place there is. When you get to the Foxholes pub here and, and around this area, oh dear me. Very, very... A lot of fighting and violence going on on the weekend. This pub over here, Uncle Peter Webb's, has has great significance to me. Because... When I was 17, it was was the first time I ever got glassed. Somebody stuck a glass in the side of my head. I got six stitches right in there. I just walked through the door. I just walked in innocently, and there was a fight going on, and somebody went whack and smashed a glass right off the side of my head. And I come out spurting blood everywhere. So... uh, When you're 17, it's a good idea not to go in pubs when they're having fights. But there we go. This is a very rough and ready area. There's a theater at the back there called Maggie Maze and we used to wrestle in there on occasion. There's not many buildings in this town that we've not had a wrestling show in at one time or another. We're right underneath Blackpool Tower now. There's Blackpool Tower. It's 518 feet, nine inches that nine inches makes all the difference. Home of Blackpool Tower Circus and uh, the Blackpool Ballroom, which is the mecca of ballroom dancing throughout the world. Anybody that's into ballroom dancing, this is the place they all want to come to. The big thing for me was to always wrestle in Blackpool Tower Circus, that was the, my dream. And when I was 18, I finally got to wrestle here. We used to wrestle in here on a Sunday night, and then we used to all go in the Tower Lounge over there and spend the rest of the night. It was always a great time. Here's one of the the dressing rooms here at the Blackpool Tower Circus, which, as you can see, is tiny, the whole place. You've got to duck down to get through a lot of it, and you can see how old it is, and, and there's so much history here. This is where they used to keep the animals, I believe. They don't keep, them. there's no animals in the circus here anymore, but it's just, uh, just a great place with lots of great feelings for me, remembering. I'm honoured to be allowed to do what I do. But that's just the simplest way I can put it. Plenty of times at Raw and SmackDown or pay-per-views, you might find me just looking out of the crowd. I find myself doing that a lot, thinking, oh, I can't believe I'm part of the biggest show in the world. And it's an honour to be allowed to perform. And showing the respect I get shown me it is, is honor, you know, it's an honour. I don't look at it from the, the, you know, the fame and the money part of it. That doesn't interest me. I, I do what I do for a living, and I like to, you know, do the best I can do. And to come to a place where you get encouraged to, you know, and everything you do, that's great for me there's still no better feeling than working in this place i don't know why it's just this this was it for me
0: i mean that was just brilliant to get him to you know to see him talk about his early days in blackpool like a teenager 15 years old when he first started kind of wrestling and getting involved in it and like you said challenging you hear stories about it or being challenged by the general public and having to come out on top because if you lost those fights it was your reputation completely gone you know
1: absolutely yeah and you know you never know who was going to kind of pick up the challenge and you know it might be some big nasty bastard but you know just to be able to hear some of the stories that he's got there must be so many different stories that he's encounter through his illustrious career
0: i think without a doubt and i think that's today on the dubbing podcast as well because william regal's never had his own kind of dvd coming out of him or anything like that so we're going to try and provide that for you today um it's going to be without a doubt one of the favorite episodes that we are going to do but on any given day it's a toss-up as to which william regal you could encounter on one hand he's a haughty british aristocrat dismissing those beneath him with razor-sharp tongue and clip size delivery. On the other hand, he's a trained grappling machine, having honed his skill in the scrabble walls in his hometown of Blackpool, England. Frankly, either person is one you would not want to be on the wrong side of.
1: As a teenager, Regal travelled the roads of his native United Kingdom, wrestling fellow grapplers as well as complete strangers out of the crowd, as part of a touring carnival act. Here he fostered a reputation as a lethal opponent whose crushing submissions and stiff strikes could render even the heartiest adversaries totally helpless. Regal diversified his ability travelling the world, mastering different styles and winning championships
0: in Europe, the Middle East and Japan. And our next chapter is starting the climb. And like any British wrestler, Eagles beginnings can be found in a wrestling promotion's dotted around the country. His ring debut was actually in the seaside resort of Blackpool, the place he is built from, though he's actually from a much more rural place of England Codsall, like he said, when he used his extensive knowledge of submission manoeuvres to defend prize money against members of the public. He wrestled on TV
1: as early as 1988 on IT's British wrestling shows during its final years. Our first match is from YouTube and features... Another great British, uh, British great, Robbie Brookside, in one of Regal's very first matches on TV.
0: Yeah, so this is going to be Regal and Brookside versus the Road Warriors. Unfortunately, it's not the Road Warriors that we might know and love. This is the British version of them. But, I mean, we, how would you describe... Everybody might know how Regal looks now, but when you look at him as a very young man... You know, how would you describe him it's different look isn't it you
1: know? absolutely different yeah I mean you know it's, it's not his slick back look that we're used to seeing in WWE this is more um, a mullet toting Regal you know from the uh, mid 80s late and 80s
0: he's a good looking lad you know like he's definitely got something about him I mean you know you can see him next to Robert Brookside I mean don't get me wrong Brookside's probably not the um, oil painting, shall we say, but nah. British wrestling, Dan, what about these two guys? Man? He looks like a British Shawn Michaels <laughs> yeah, at yeah, this exactly. current moment
1: in time in his early career.
0: I mean, both of these guys so are so young, you know, Steve Regal, and of course Brookside going around the British circuit.
1: And the road warriors, typical heels, and that is Manimal and Bork.
0: Bad news, Jimmy Monroe and Dave, Dave Duran. I'll bet you any money we will not remember their names. As you go along. But I mean, this was British wrestling. Don't forget, uh, a little bit of backstory. British wrestling was huge, you know, especially during the time uh, with the world of sport. On Saturday afternoons, you had the football results and you had the wrestling. And it was drawing in th- maybe 30 million people just day in- alone. What happened with British wrestling? Well, we all know with Big Daddy or, or a character like that, it kind of passed its peak. And when Greg Dyke came onto ITV, he no longer wanted it on the channel. But this is the kind of laugh remnants, and this is what Regal found himself in, you know. British wrestling had Pete, and now it's kind of opportunities uh, to go along and try and prove yourself. And especially as a young guy, it's going to be difficult, you know.
1: Yes, and, um, you know, looking at their physiques as well, neither William Regal or Robbie Brookside are built like wrestlers. You know, there is there is a bit of muscle and a bit of uh, shape to them, but they're not like, you know, what you'd expect Batista or John Cena's or your Roman Reigns. You know, they're not huge guys.
0: No, without a doubt. And this is the thing, especially with uh, what they, these guys were trying to do British wrestling, was they're not kind of over-the-top characters. It was more kind of about the chain wrestling and stuff like that, especially what, when you look at what Brookside and Regal achieved afterwards, you know, especially now. But Regal's a young man, just gaining experience. Oh, well, yeah, Robbie Brookside, he achieved Zia? And you can see Regal there. And of course, this will probably be round systems as well. So British rules are slightly different to what we know now. But at this point in time, Regal, he started as a teenager. Like you talked about, you know, he'd been glassed in pubs and he had to handle himself in that way and then try to show that he could stand out from the pack. And I think something you say about British wrestling is definitely had to, um, the, the good guys you know, definitely had to wrestle. I think that was vital part of it. You couldn't just show up.
1: No, um, you know, that's. I think that's what you could say. With being a heel, it's probably a lot easier because, you know, you can ch- take your cheap shots, you can uh, do things behind the referee's back, whereas being a face, you kind of got to do everything by the book, so to speak, and, you know, not take shortcuts. You've got to kind of wrestle your way out of situations.
0: Situation. Uh, I think about that, yeah. Yeah,
1: but, you know, to see William Regal as a
0: face, it's a bit, I don't know. Well, this is the thing, with his career, you know, he's, he's mainly been on the hillside more. But I think he can work as a face, and I think we'll try and explore that as we go through the podcast. I mean, this is just a kind of taste of just seeing like, and how his style has evolved as well. You know, with Regal at this point, it's, it's very, very kind of British and straight up. And Brooks Island is a smaller guy who's going to get worked on.
1: That referee looks like Paul Bearer's bigger brother.
0: Max Ward, the referee, check making sure nothing happens untoward. I'll tell you what, he's been more efficient than AEW referees at this moment in time. Oh, that's
1: not hard. <laughs> Steve Regal, as he's known as at the moment, gets the tag in.
0: And It's just the little things like getting out of that move just then and showing what he can do. And I've got to say, the quality of this video is absolutely awful as well. So Brookside's been worked on now by the road warriors.
1: Hopefully we we'll see a hot tag.
0: And Regal, desperate to get in and help Uh, Robbie Brookside, but do you think it would be fair to say that anybody at a certain age who went to see British wrestling has seen Robbie Brookside? Because we have both been lucky enough to see Brookside, and I think it was a vital part, you know, especially the past like 20 years. If you went to the event, you know. Well,
1: um, as I say, I had a World of Sport video from back in the day with giant haystacks, and Robbie Brookside was on that as well. So was Fit Finlay. I'm not sure if Regal was on it. I don't think he was, to be honest, to my recollection. I think that was when he had kind of been a bit more established. And was uh, touring the Americas.
0: Well, Brooks, i imagine managing to dodge an elbow.
1: So, what year is this? Late 80s.
0: This is about 88 at this moment in time.
1: So, Regal would have been in his
0: 20s. Yeah, m- m- uh, yeah, mid mid 20s. He'd been wrestling at this point for what eight, about 10 years now. This is kind of first, I say, big break, you know.
1: Robbie Brooks I was getting worked out for the Road Warriors. It's just a duck a double clothesline attempt, hitting both of a seated drop kick. William Regal comes in now.
0: They're asking the crowd if they
1: want it. Oh, a meeting of the minds via an Irish whip.
0: Oh, but now the hills are going to try it.
1: Oh, no. Regal and Brookside, though. Lee spin round, hit drop kicks. I think we found actual commentators that are even worse than Jay. Oh, OK. That was a uh, very Anish. The
0: Golden Boys. So, there you go. The Golden Boys get the victory with a nice pin. But I think Brookside and uh, Regal make quite a good team. I mean, Dan, what are your thoughts on all that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um... You know, you can certainly see a lot of potential there. Better video quality and uh, a better day. It probably would have been a lot more enjoyable, the match. But, no, you know, you can definitely see potential with both these guys.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. Well, after that, plenty of touring followed before he headed to America to further his career in 1992. So the next chapter is one of my favourite
1: films, Coming to America. He debuted with a WCW in 1992 as a babyface under the name Steve Regal. So we go to January 30th, WCW, Saturday night.
0: So yeah, Joe, Steve Regal.
3: Welcome back, everyone, to WCW Saturday night. Jim Ross back with newcomer Steve Regal. And Steve, I know that next week here on the broadcast, you're going to be competing, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from and how long have you been wrestling? I've been wrestling for the last nine years all around the world. I'm from Blackpool in England and I can't say what an honor it is and a pleasure to be at a world championship Wrestling. I know as you said you've wrestled all over the world and as we talked about before we went on the air a lot of wrestlers around the globe talk about the competition here in WCW don't they?
2: Well, I've been all around the world, and believe me, the one place you want to come if you're a professional wrestler is right here at World Championship Wrestling. It's the only place to be.
3: All right, Steve, thanks very much. We look forward to Steve Regal's debut here on WCW Saturday Night, right here next Saturday. we got tag team action awaiting us in the ring. Let's go back to Tony Gilla.
0: So there you go, William Regal, all paired. The thing I like about Regal at this point is that he's still got his normal accent. So he's saying, yeah, it's a pleasure be here, it's great. And <laughs> like, so we, we still know, and of course, like I say, young JR making his debut. And I mean, it's a huge step, like I said, for still this young man. And we go to the following week, makes his in-ring debut. It's February 6th, WCW, Saturday night against the one and only Bob Cook. What? The Bob Cook. The Bob Cook. Nice.
1: 13 and
0: 9. Well, Bob Cook looks in great shape. I'm not going to lie to you.
1: He is, um, as James was saying. A...
0: And Steve Regal. And oh my God, he still looks
1: so young right now. He does. He's lost the mallet and he's got a smile. But he's he's got his purply coloured trunks, so, though, that he normally wears, you know, with his purple
0: boots and that. Yeah, the British flag on show as well, and a kind of shiny blue jacket. He gets caught by the arm, but it's when Regal's going to show his technical prowess. Let's not forget about Bob Cook and how dangerous he could be. So, Regal's very first match. He gets caught in a hammerlock. And JR is selling Regal on commentary as well alongside Larry Sabisco. Nick Patrick's referee in this one. And that was nice there by Regal. Drop toe hold. Going for the crossface. face. Snap my take down on the shoulder block. But big Bob Cook's back up with back elbow. He was trained by the Malencos, Bob Cook. Oh wow. He wrestled for WWE as well. Well, he's looking to be successful against Regal. Did he have any accomplishments?
1: He won the championship wrestling from Florida.
0: Uh, In Championship Wrestling from
1: Florida, he won the NWA Florida Tag Team Championship one time with Jerry Gray. And Suncoast Pro Wrestling, he won the SPW Florida Heavyweight Championship once. Let's
0: see if uh, Mr. Regal can be more successful than Bob Cook. And that was a nice move there by Regal, getting a victory. And that was nice stuff. You see in the corner, he was stomping a mud hole and walking it dry, built up the momentum, and then we saw the suplex... Getting a victory and Regal very much a baby face here as we see the ending. Lovely like a gut wrench, but
1: slam more than anything into a cover. Very nice finish from Regal.
0: Yeah, and Regal is successful on his very first go in WCW. I mean, that was quite an impressive W.
1: Absolutely. At this current moment in time, he is undefeated. Could he become the next, or well, the first Goldberg for Goldberg?
0: Who knows, Dan? But up next, he realises that he's got to embrace the dark side. Our next chapter. He didn't
1: really get anywhere as a face during this time. 1993 began, he knew a change of character was necessary.
0: Well, He became the villain Lord Stephen Regal on the 12th of June episode of Saturday Night, claiming descent from William McConqueror, and Sir William began serving as his manager.
1: At times, arrogantly charming in this persona. One of his memorable statements to a post-match interviewer was... Do you know what my New Year's resolution is going to be? To wake up half an hour earlier so I can hate you more.
0: <laughs> well, his first major win... Major, major win. win. Our change was against Marcus Alexander Bagwell on the six... Scheduled to face Bagwell's
1: partner, 2Cold Scorpio, on 18th of August, Clash of the Champions 24. But he was replaced by Bobby Eaton. Regal himself substituted for the injured Brian Pillman to team with Steve Austin in a WCW World Tag Team Championship defence against Arn Anderson... And Paul Roma, Regal and Austin lost that match.
0: Which leads to our next against Ricky Steamboat at Full Brawl 1993. And it is for the Television Championship. And And the Regal that we've seen so far to this Regal now, he's, he's kind of more the Regal that we know. Would that be fair to say with his kind of look?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Especially with the look and the persona. Hair slicked back, you know, kind of a stiff upper lip as you will. Not really happy with anything and anyone.
0: Yeah, exactly. Looking down with a sneer. And I mean, Regal probably done that more than anything else. But I mean, is this a case of the times that a British guy who was signed to like WCW had to kind of have that stereotypical kind of heel character? Or could he have maybe worked as a good guy, you know?
1: I think this was the fact with um, every person that wasn't American in American wrestling, whether it WCW, WWF, it was...
0: Kind of, uh, you know, you're a hill, so you're evil. Yeah, well, we'll see how he uh, fares in this one. It's going to be his biggest challenge to date. And Sir William, and isn't it weird that he became William Regal when he had a manager called William during this time? I suppose WWE just thought that's probably the way it's going to work. I think,
1: you know, oh, yeah, my name's Steve Regal. It's a bit, you know, my name is William Regal. (laughs) So you kind of, you know, it seems more Regal, so to speak.
0: Well, speaking of people with great names, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And he is, um, well, he's got the dragon wings and he's blowing fire, baby. And this is for the TV title. Yeah, TV championship against uh, arguably one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, Ricky Steamboat. It's maybe someone we've not watched as many times as many wrestlers here. But uh, I think, again, for a pure athlete, I mean, he had that match against Chris Jericho back in 2009, and he he looked as good as most of the roster. So that's how good Steamboat was. Talk about going hours with uh, Ric Flair and other people like that. But again, this is a bit stereotypical for Ricky Steamboat coming out actually as a Dragon. But this is, of course, the first full brawl as well. So that's why we got the two rings, because we're going to have war games later on. And Michael Buffer with the introductions. I think after a year, though, with Regal being WCW, to be in this position is not bad. Like I said, he's working his way up at this moment in time, isn't he? Uh,
1: yeah, absolutely. He's uh, he's someone that could definitely have become like the first British heavyweight champion. Oh,
0: I think that's the thing that you know we we uh, we wondered at the time, and with Regal, it's kind of a bit like Bret Hart did in w w f Sometimes you. Uh, you don't start on top, but you just work your way through it, you know. And I think with TV Championship, against someone like Steamboat, who's a great athlete. If he's, just because he's bulked up a little bit, or like you said, when he hit that certain age, where you kind of get a little bit bigger.
1: I think he's kind of bulked up. Obviously, he's putting in work at the power plant, as you know. You know, he's training all the time. He seems someone that is always willing to learn. He's always willing to put in the hours at the gym. You know, he's always willing to hone his craft. And, you know, learning, especially from someone like Ricky the Dragon Steamboat as well.
0: No, this is the thing, you know, coming here and finding yourself against someone like that means that you can try and put on some, you know, great matches and prove that you belong as well. Steamboat takes the early advantage. But Steamboat, you can see he's uh, got
1: some previously injured ribs, no doubt. So Regal weakened up before the match.
0: And you can see Regal straight away going on the attack. And you think the more aggressive style from Regal would suit him more for what he can do. But at the moment, Steamboat is not happy.
1: Not in the slightest, no, but uh, just a swift jab from Regal to the ribs and that kind of stops uh,
0: Ricky in his tracks. And it's, it's quite simple. It's Again, it's a story. Not the most flashiest of wrestlers, do you know what I mean, in in that way. I mean, Steamboat could definitely do a few things. But again, it's telling the story If he's got the injury there and that's what he's going to go to straight away. Like, what's the point of work? You, you see wrestlers with bandages and someone works like another body part. You think, why are you doing that for? And in this one, it's straight away. And you can tell these two guys don't like each other, even if we have had no build-up, just to see how this match has started. Absolutely. Well, you know, you can kind of sense that Regal's done something to piss the steamboat
1: off because, you know, he's he came straight out of the blocks, you know, barely waiting for the bell to ring, barely waiting for the announcers to kind of finish doing what they're doing. And he wants to hurt
0: him. Despite hurting himself, he wants to hurt Regal. And you can see that as he's throwing Regal around and he throw him outside back in. Came off the top with a lovely double axe smash. But Regal just seems to be taking a couple of shots and then picking his to each back. But again, everything Regal's done has been targeting the injured ribs. Yeah, not
1: one offensive move has been anywhere else apart from that area. Kicks, punches, knees, everything, just targeting the ribs. Everything he can to kind of put Regal down,
0: put him away. There's no doubt WSW were maybe struggling these these times. You can see with the seats maybe uh, not all sold out and at some points they were struggling. This is just before they had uh, signed Hoke Hogan and kind of turned it around a little bit in that way.
1: But even then, this is full brawl. It's not like a house show. It is a pay-per-view.
0: And it's the opening match, which is important to kind of set the uh, standard for the rest of the night. And Steamboat just backing Regal up in the corner. Working the chops. And a bit of back and forth with the Irish whips. Steamboat
1: eventually gets the better of it. And then like a, a drop toe hold and a hammerlock.
0: On commentary we've got Tony Schiavone and uh, Jesse the Body Ventura.
1: Don't like Jesse.
0: Well Jesse had left WF uh, the year previously due to dispute of not getting paid uh, due to WF like VHS's and, and stuff like this. Not a, it's commentary being used on match you want to be paid for it. And Vince McMahon was like well no. So Jesse just walked out. JR had already left as well because Bischoff said to that you were too southern and you would never work as a mainstream commentator. So there's been a lot of changes, you know, during this time as well. You've got people like uh, Stun Steve Austin, who Regal teamed up with, you know, you've got people like Cactus Jack in the main event of uh, this against Vader tonight. A lot of guys in a couple of years' time uh, and in a few years' time would be very important to the Attitude Era. And it's very surprising when you see it, you know, when you think, well, Dubstubby had these talents, but. It wasn't even the right character or the right time or the right place even, you know? Well, Steamboat playing possum. He's doing a bit of Eddie Guerrero
1: there. (laughs) Drawing Regal in and just tying him up there brilliantly.
0: And again, Regal hurt the arm into the uh, turnbuckle and uh, since then, Steamboat is targeting it.
1: But a swift kick to the back of the ribs breaks Steamboat's hold and puts Lord
0: Regal back on the offence. We watch a lot of wrestling. It's more... I don't want to say real, but is there a more competitive edge to this than some wrestling we see nowadays? Just because they're waiting for their spots now that like we see quite a lot, whereas this one Well it, this just goes to kind of
1: further you know, what the revivals say, you know, you don't need anything fancy, you don't need no flips, you don't need this, just standard British res- or standard wrestling is enough to kind of tell a brilliant story and kinda of the point of what you're trying to do.
0: And there's no doubt we talk about British style. Regal's he's brought that with him. And it's not like he changed up to a, a generic kind of wrestler. He still kept his style in that way, and the little things that he did to take control. And I think that's what makes him so different as well. When you when you look at his kind of moveset, and you think well, maybe there wasn't like a, a high-impact manoeuvre, do you know what I mean, as in a finisher. But what he did was effective throughout the match to wear that opponent to that point. Indeed, yeah. You know, I mean, similarity maybe someone like Bret Hart, you know, who, like I said, worked someone during a match. And we had a Bret Hart special as well that like we've done until working on the uh, sharpshoot. And it's like Regal worked to the submission. His Steamboat brought a head of steam with him then. Flying cross body, but
1: Regal managed to kick out. Oh. Uh. With Steamboat going back to work on that arm. So do you think this could have changed, like, the tide of the Monday Night Wars if they had to kind of focus more on this
0: than, you know, the kind of stuff that they did? <laughs> Well, this was a problem during this time as, uh, you know, when WCW got Hogan in, that changed the landscape. And what they had planned for these guys uh, completely changed because Hogan brought all his friends in. So then you found people like Stone Cold and Mick Foley, uh, Kevin Nash, who were here, said, actually, no, the WF probably going to offer more chance to be success. Regal's one of the few that looked to stick around but still... Maybe because he wasn't a tier player, do you know what I'm saying? Maybe because he wasn't, you know, didn't have a chance to be in many main events. That uh, he just thought to himself, that WCW even thought to themselves at this time, let's just use him. We can put him in in different places, and he's quite useful. So, do you think you know, especially these two guys, are a bit before their time? I think Regal definitely is. I mean, Regal's the similar to what he can do. It's it, for me, wrestling is all about telling a story, as opposed to anything else. And I think when you look at what Regal can, he tells that with Ricky Steamboat, if he was around nowadays, again, he'd be multiple time world champion. You know, you talk about the little things in matches in this one right now. You look at the selling and the stamina endurance. Both men are sweating. Regal's face and what he's been doing during this matchup has been like a grind for him. And Steamboat can sell As good, you know, there's only maybe Shawn Michaels that can do that as well. Could you feel sorry for him?
1: And Rick? Flair. I'm sorry, but you know, like, you know, especially after his 92 win, he looked like he'd been through hell. But, yeah, he even said himself he was fresh as a daisy after that match because beforehand, you know, he'd been wrestling 60, 90 minutes and it would be nothing to him. Their bodies were conditioned to go for that long. And, you know, they could go for up to two hours sometimes and it wouldn't affect them. You know, obviously they'd be a bit drained and tired, but, you know, now now for 30 minutes and you look like you've been through hell and you probably have been.
0: Well, this is the thing, and, and with Regan as well, when you talk about the, the stamina, when you go back to his early days of thinking you could face anybody at the carnivals and you had to be conditioned to go however long it was supposed to go on for as well. And this is probably what he's got into him. Uh, but I think definitely the... The wrestlers of the kind of late eighties when you talk about your steamboats and your flares and your Barry Wyndhams and people like that could go an hour and they do it as well and that 's what 's kind of missing, but is it sometimes too much? Does a wrestler you know would you rather see this match in ten minutes with a couple of high impact moves as opposed to a twenty minute match when they 're actually telling a story
1: i 'd rather see the twenty minute twenty five minute match where they 're st- telling a story. And again, it's not like one man has got a clear advantage. It's kind of a man gets a couple of moves in, tries something, that gets blocked. The other man gets, you know, the tide for a minute. And then it's forwards, backwards and forwards. Both men, you can tell that they desperately want it. You know, neither of them are going to give up. They both believe that they're the best. They both believe that they're tough. And, you know, it's going to take a lot for the winner to get the victory. Whereas you get, like nowadays, you get about 20 false finishes in a match. And it's like, really? You know, these guys, they've had not had any finishes.
0: No, like I said, they've, they've, they've been wearing each other down because they know they can't go for a pin attempt too early because they're not going to beat someone of that calibre. as that you have to wear them down. And even with Regal, any he, he took the leg of Steamboat and then went straight to the, the midsection and now going back to the submission as well. It, it, it's simple yet effective, you know, and, it, and it's something that I think people do forget nowadays. And the fans obviously want Steve to get back into this. And Regal playing it well and saying, you know, like, he, there's nothing likeable about him. I think with Hills nowadays, they kind of want to be kind of cool. And with a character of, like, a kind of telling you, sometimes fans can get on board. And there's nothing likeable about Regal. And they're, like, not dirty, but underhanded in certain ways as well, where you think, should he really be attacking the midsection so often? You know, it's a little bit.
1: But it's, you know, he's previously injured that. So that's, you know, it's something to go for. And every single move he's doing, look, he's got this kind of like bow and arrow, but he's not sitting all the way back up. He's doing it. Pressure is on the ribs, readjusts himself, you know, and he's trying to do everything he can to take what he can out of Steamboat. And now he drags him all the way back, and Steamboat's not got a leg to stand on.
0: Well, I think he could only verbal say he uh, gave up now as the referee's checking on him.
1: But, you know, it's like Regal. He's doing everything in his repertoire that involves the midgen. You know, he could do a lot of other moves. He could work 15 minutes on your arm or your leg. But, you know, because that's kind of where the focal point is in this match for Regal, that's everything he's doing is evolved around that, and it's brilliant.
0: And the thing is, there's no wasted movement either from from, from either of them in this matchup. They're not doing something just for the sake of doing it, not moving around just to show something. Everything is a reasoning for it, which makes sense. And, oh, oh Regal now taking a bad steamboat and again, he didn't need to do that, that's unfair, you know, like, come on. But it's great for effect. You think how long it took Regal as well, there you go, nice suplex. Double underhookers, again, you know, making sure
1: he lands on his back where the injured ribs are.
0: And it's even, and we're not talked about this yet either, the, the pin attempts by Regal. He doesn't hook the leg because he's, he, you know, well, you know, you know, he puts the elbow across the note when he's going for the cover, so even when he's grinding away on it, and even when he has to get the shoulder up, it's still a manoeuvre there. And it's, like I said, little things. Uh, Regal shifting his body weight as he was picked up by a steamboat. And again,
1: you know, them injured ribs coming into play.
0: And, it, you know, the chance of the Regal being on a stage as big as WWE at this point are probably a million to one. You know, how many British wrestlers made that jump across? You know, at this moment in time, it is probably only the British Bulldog who has had success in WWF and WCW. And Regal to come across that. And again, even just then, he's got the submission in and he's telling the referee, oh, come on. And he's probably going through moves with Steamboat. But he's such a great professional that we can't tell. How many times in a match can we tell, you know, if oh, they're telling him something like that? With Regal, it's it's literally like being a ventriloquist sometimes because, you, yeah.
1: you know, he can even do it. Indeed, yeah. You know, the way he's got Steamboat round the mouth as well because Steamboat obviously being the more uh, experienced would be the one calling this match. And, you know, he kind of, when he gets him in a sleeper or a chokehold or a rest hold, his arm across his mouth, so he's listening. He's like, all right, come on, come on, come on, let's go, let's go.
0: And there we go, tombstone.
1: Regal tried a tombstone steamboat. He reversed it. A steamboat injuring the ribs on the tombstone.
0: Well, I mean, it must be so difficult to even breathe, and he took about 10 seconds to get across from Regal, which gave him a chance to kick out. Oh, uh-huh. And again, if Regal hadn't worked on those ribs throughout the majority of the match, Steamboat probably had the one right there.
1: Frozen rib first into the top turnbuckle, looking for a back suplex. Steamboat lands on his feet, gets the roll up. Two. No, Regal kicks out. Ah.
0: Uh, and Steamboat with just a huge chops, takes Regal down. And inside cradle going for the cover. And no, again, Regal up two. Two. And Steamboat showing a little bit more urgency now. He knows that he can't carry on injured for too long. Steamboat with
1: a suplex, but again his ribs are preventing him from making an immediate cover.
0: Yeah, but how how common is a suplex, and how early do people hit that in matches? And now you think this match is going on for that amount of time. A move like a suplex is a high impact move, and that again adds to it. Realising he's going to have to go up, he's
1: going to have to do something drastic to get this match finished. Regal unaware of where Steamboat is, flying cross
0: body or flying body cross, as the commentator called it. Uh, Tony was never that good at calling the moves. And Steamboat bounced off Regal's body. Again, not straight into the cover. And Steamboat, he's even got his own variation of a cover. He kind of
1: holds both arms down at the wrist and puts his body across you. Steamboat with a shoulder block takedown into a cover. Two. No, just a two count. Two. And Regal now hanging in a little bit. Steamboat running the ropes. Regal throws him out. But the dragon holds on, but he gets caught with a... um, An umbrella.
0: Well, Sir William hit with the umbrella. Regal with a German suplex pin. And there you go. So he beat someone like Ricky Steamboat in his very first try. I mean, Dan, what are your thoughts on the match and the moment for Regal?
1: I thought the match was absolutely brilliant. You know, it was something that felt like it had gone on for a little while. But the way, you know, Regal kind of uses his manager, but only the once. It was decisive and it was effective. He wasn't kind of getting involved... Jumping up on the ring ropes every 10 minutes, you know, it was just one decisive shot. And, you know, even in his latter days, he was using the knucks, the power of the punch. You know, he'd always have something up his sleeve or in his trunks or someone in his corner.
0: Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. But, you know, you can say many things about Regal, but right now, just call him champion. Well, Regan enjoyed a lengthy title reign as he retained the title against a flurry of challengers, beginning with his first televised title defence against Arn Anson on the 9th October episode of Saturday Night, which ended in a 15-minute time-limit draw. Then, as Halloween Havoc approached, the only other Brit to have more success in America challenged him for the TV title. Yes, that was at WWE Halloween Havoc 93, and it was against the British Bulldog. I mean, this is a dream match. You talk about... The two most successful, probably, British wrestlers of all time. And we are going to go see him head to head at Halloween Havoc 1993. So this is being billed as the Battle of Britain by Michael Buffer. Who did you prefer, Bulldog or Regal?
1: Um, At this moment in time, I'd have to say Bulldog. He kind of seemed like, you know, he was the face of Britain here as uh, William Regal is the heel dastardly nasty. But it just goes to show, you know, how two different people from the same country can be portrayed. You know, you've got the man who represents everything that's good about Britain, British
0: Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith, and you've got Lord William Regal. Yeah, and this is the thing. I mean, Bulldog and Regal just look completely different at this moment in time as well. You know, when you talk about the size and the kind of the look. Body type with the British Bulldog with not as much skill as Regal. Would you rather have the body type of Regal...
1: With, you know, more skill than you actually know what to do with?
0: I mean nowadays it would probably be regal, but I mean back in the day, like I said, British Bulldog was everybody's hero. I mean if you like wrestling back in the day, you know, eighties or nineties, Bulldog was the man. I mean, just look at him, Mr. Travesty, he never became WF champion because of just because he was a superstar, isn't it? It's about that. How much of Bulldog's build now do you reckon come out of a bottle? Oh, most of it. most. But then again, Regal's definitely bolted up. And again, we can't confirm or deny, but especially during this time.
1: But you can even see the difference, you know, with the traps and that. That's mainly where you'd notice it when you're getting it out of a bottle. I think Regal's is kind of, you know, he might have some out of a bottle, but you know that most of the build from British Bulldog is out of a bottle. As Regal, I think, you know, gym work, you can look bigger than what Regal is now.
0: Yeah, but I think with, with with Bulldog and Regal, these both suffered, you know, a terrible kind of drug addictions and, and stuff like this, and it just shows you what you kind of had to do to survive, you know, with pain medication and the stuff like this as well, putting their bodies on the line, because like I said, if you lost your spot, then that was you done, you know, and to be kind of the only British wrestlers in the limelight, it kind of had a lot of pressure on your shoulders as well, really, you know. You didn't have the opportunities you had nowadays. You didn't have tryouts, you know. You had to kind of... Be there and do it. You know, Bulldog had found himself in WSW due to being fired after the steroid uh, scandal in 1992. When you think last year Bulldog had uh, main evented a pay-per-view at Wembley Stadium and now this time, you know, September the following year is facing Regal.
1: But then, you know, is this the way that you'd get a very good match out of the British Bulldog? I mean, you know, going against the technical abilities, Bret Hart, he had an absolutely great match with him. And then you know, again going against William Regal, it's like someone like you know with a technical
0: ability as Regal as well can bring out a very good match in the Bulldog. I fear I doubt, and I think Bulldog is a good wrestler. I think just because of his size, it doesn't say that he can't do the kind of technical aspects uh, and the British style that we're associated with. He just doesn't because of obviously more with the uh, the power moves. Regal's uh, so Bulldog's biggest trouble was the fact that, like I said, he was he was he was taking drugs when he was actually wrestling. And the fact that he used to blow up a lot. And, you know, so you see a lot of sleepers in this match trying to catch his breath back. Like we've talked about with Regal, he could go, you know, all day and not have any trouble whatsoever. You can even see in the early going, they've just been exchanging a little bit with Bino. And Regal at this moment doesn't look any different. And Bulldog's definitely got his sweat on.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And uh, Bulldog's still flipping around
0: and evading moves from Regal. And Regal's like, you know, what, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. What, are you, what are you doing? You can see Bulldog is... Uh, Regal's not intimidated by Bulldog, as Regal does a nice little uh, cartwheel lane. Well, he gets flipped over by the Bulldog. It looks like he's breathing a bit heavy, whereas Regal, you know, he's kind of right. you know, I'll slow it down. But it's just strange, though, to see Bulldog and Regal in the spring, to actually think that they've clashed at least one point. You know, we talk about uh, ship, ships missing each other in the night, you know, with Regal and Bulldog at this point. So we did have a match. So we can say, right, these are the two guys you know, we talk about Nigel McGuinness one of the underrated ones and William Regal, of course. And British Bulldog will be our next uh, superstar profile on the legends of British wrestling.
1: But again, you know, it's 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 brilliant to see, you know, Regal's teamed up with Stone Cold Steve Austin, he's gone against the dragon, he's gone against British Bulldog. He has wrestled
0: a lot of people in his illustrious career. Well the crazy thing for, especially me who like getting to in nineteen ninety nine time when Regal showed up and I'm thinking, oh, this is just a kind of, you know, posh guy, kind of, I didn't really know. And then with the network and, we, you know, learning about it, you think, fucking hell, he had this whole career. You know, people might not know that, you know, the NXT general manager had a career in WWE from, like, 92 up until, you know, 1998 and had all these kind of great matches. All the changes that's going on in the main events and stuff. And like I said, Regal's still, in the, you know, the uh, undercard in a great position, you know.
1: Absolutely, yeah. and Regal like busting out the cravat against Bulldog, giving him a chance to catch his breath. And again, look, the way he's got it, Bulldog's probably talking to him saying, look, we're going to do this, this and this after. And the way Regal's got his face held, you can't see his mouth.
0: Well, Regal didn't get the full rotation round then. But I was just about to say it before he did that, was like everything Regal does is basically on point. There's not a lot of kind of fumbles. He's simple yet effective. And Bulldog now going to do the move that Regal did in the last one against Steamboat. And Bulldog's kind of taking
1: his time, trying to get his balance, making it look like he's struggling to get the arm. Regal's doing what he can to fight it, but Bulldog's gradually got the arm back.
0: Can he roll through into a bow and arrow? Uh Uh-oh. And look at the power of Bulldog being able to keep Regal up in the air. Regal's Regal's not quitting. There we go. Sir William up in the apron. Distracting the ref, forcing Bulldog to break the hold. And Regal from behind with the elbow. And Regal just working the midsection. He was so successful when he won the championship. And like I said, it's been a good run for him so far. As Bulldog now, kicks him in the face.
1: Bulldog cross body into a cover, but only a two count. Two. And Davey Boy Smith comes charging in, but a knee from Regal kind of stops him in his tracks. A Regal roll there, or a senton as we know it nowadays.
0: So what's his current finisher at this moment in time? Has he got one, or...? It's mainly uh, submission or like, a German suplex, but it's usually uh, underhanded tactics and not to kind of give it away. But one of the, uh, I mean, good or bad, we'll talk about it now, time limits. I know uh, AEW brought them back, but during this time, especially with a hill champion, uh, usually you have like 10 or 15 minute uh, time limits. So the good guy would take the hill to the limit, couldn't get the, quite get the job done he would retain, and then the good guy would look okay still, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, it was a case of kind of, you know, is that should there have been a clean finish or not. But I, I think it was quite cool at that time.
1: I would prefer that, that interference. You know, maybe, obviously, let the hill win one or two to kind of give himself a bit of rep. But neither wrestler loses something if it goes to a 15, 20-minute time limit draw.
0: I, I don't think it, they do, you know, and especially if they... Um, like I said, the good guy can, you know, t- even if he, like, goes for penitent the last couple of seconds, I think that kind of excitement is something that maybe could be brought back in certain in certain ways, you know. Indeed, yes. As Regal's just working the midsection of Bulldog, and it's been all Regal this past couple of minutes now. Drops a knee to the midsection. Regal trash-talking, calling Bulldog a swine. And Bulldog's back to his feet, but in serious trouble with Regal.
1: Oh, sunset flip from Bulldog, though, into a cover. Two. No, Regal kicks out. Oh. But Lord Regal up to his feet first and a stomp to the midsection.
0: Regal just submission.
1: Again, the Hill Regal's got a submission in, but British Bulldog refusing to give up, refusing to quit. Bulldog tapping his foot, trying to get the fans into this. They're really not responding though.
0: Oh, they are now. There you go, Bulldog now. I've got the fans by his side. Well, there's four minutes left on the time limit. Bulldog needs to get back into this matchup. Elbows to the midsection, a running clothesline. Bulldog now Irish rip in the corner to Regal, comes running in. Regal right back to that midsection. Bulldog gets any momentum going, Regal goes straight downstairs, and that's it for British Bulldog. I tell you what, Regal reminds me of, well, you know, who must have looked a bit of his style. Someone like Volta, you know, who, especially like the man who is with the hand around the back, back just to kind of. The way Regal's, it's his ring and he's in complete control and it's his his movements. There's no everything that he's doing. Like even now, like Regal knows probably that Bulldog's not going to submit, but it's wasting time.
1: Absolutely. And especially with the announcer keep saying that, you know, there's four minutes left, three minutes left. He's got his legs tied up so Bulldog can't drag his body to the bottom rope, you know, using his power and strength against him. Bulldog powers Regal up onto his shoulder though. But Regal goes down to the midsection, takes the leg down.
0: And again, working away on the Bulldog into a cover. Again, time-wasting. Regal now just straight to the back of Bulldog. And uh, they've not gone move for move in this one, have they? they? They they started off quite fresh in this matchup, But you can see the Bulldog with the fatigue. They've had to kind of play it there. I mean, Bulldog at the moment looks very, very tired if he gets to his feet. Regal looks like he could go for another hour. And Bulldog needs to get out of the submission. And he does powering up Regal. I think Bulldog knows what to do, though. That's nice by Regal. Grabbing over that top rope. Getting down on the apron and then the clubbing blow. To the midsection. You see him there striking down with the arm behind his back. Two
1: count from McCover again. Just time wasting, making Bulldog exert energy. Regal doesn't look like he's going to lose this match all the while Bulldog's on his back. But right. then he just nips up to his feet. Turns Regal inside out. Lovely move. Into a pin attempt. And then the head scissors taking Regal
0: round, but we've only got 60 seconds left.
1: Things are going to have to pick up. Bulldog again. Clotheslines. Regal down.
0: Now looking to pick
1: him up. Suplex. Regal trying to roll to the outside. Bulldog just not letting him. Up on his shoulder. Looking what? for the running power slam. Regal accidentally kicks Sir William off. Hit power slam.
0: One, two. No, Regal managing to kick out. Ah. Bulldog can't believe it with 15 seconds left. Now he's going to go for a pole driver. Hits it on Regal. Goes to the cover. One, two. two. I don't know. I don't know. The The bell rang to the time limit. Referee's hand was going down for free. Now uh, the time limit was reached. And by hook or crook, looks like Regal was still television champion. My God. Well, Bulldog's checking. And yeah, Le Fleury couldn't get it done. Regal's still a champion. Dan, what do you think of that match? The Battle of Britain, these two legends. Well, in the Battle of Britain, it looks like
1: Regal comes out on top. He's still the title holder. Bulldog comes up just too short. But it, was, it wasn't it was as good as the Steamboat match. But, you know, you can see how these two different styles contrasted. You know, the two very two British wrestling to come out. You can see Bulldog's a lot more Americanised.
0: Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, and Regal still kept his style there. But people might not know they faced but they did. Well Regal then successfully attained the title against Johnny B. Bad at Classic Champions twenty five, Steamboat at Starcade and Dustin Rhodes on Classic Champions twenty six. The matches ending in time limit dri- Regal continued his successful title defenses in
1: ninety four by beating Arn Anderson at Super Bowl four And fighting a time limit draw against Brian Pillman at Spring Stampede.
0: Well, in the spring of 94 and worldwide, Regal challenged Ric Flair to a best of five series under Marquess of Queensbury Rules, in which Regal lost to Flair with one win, two losses and two draws. The following month, Regal lost a non-title match
1: to Larry Zbysko at Slambury, leading to a title match on the 28th of May episode of Saturday night, in which he dropped the title to Zbysko. Regal regained the title from Tobisco on June 23rd at Clash of Champions 27. Well, Regal began a feud with Sting and was booked to defend the title against Sting at Bash of the Beach. However, Sting was injured prior to the event and was replaced by Johnny B Bad, whom Regal
0: defeated to retain the title at Bash of the Beach. He lost to the wrestling legend Anthony Inoki on 28th of August at Clash of Champions 28. In September,
1: Regal lost the title too bad at full brawl.
0: And we move on to our next chapter, which is the Blue Bloods.
1: Well, beginning with the November episode of Saturday night, Regal began scouting fellow aristocrat Jean-Paul Levesque, or Triple H, during his matches, which led to the duo forming a tag team on 21st of May 1995 episode of Pro, when they defeated Brad and Scott Armstrong.
0: Well, shortly after Levesque left, W's was replaced by Alabama-born Bobby Eaton, When Regal and Eaton faced each other in a match of 18th of March on Saturday night, Regal stopped the match and proposed that he and Eaton formed a team, which Eaton accepted. Regal formed the team, the Blue Bloods, with Eaton and
1: was involved in humorous vignettes where he tried to teach Eaton the finer points of dining and the proper use of the Queen's English. He renamed him Earl Robert Eaton. The duo first began teaming on 8th of April episode of Saturday night. Regal also toured WCW's working partner, New Japan Pro Wrestling, on 16th of April, where he unsuccessfully challenged Sheena Hashimoto for the
0: IWGP Heavyweight Championship. People might know he was in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. Blue Bloods quickly entered the total Pictures. They initially feuded with the Nasty Boys, Brian Knobs and Jerry Sags. They're complete opposites in terms of sophistication and presentation. Blue Bloods unsuccessfully challenged Nasty Boys for the WCW World Tag Team Championship, At the Great America Bash, which we actually watched last week in preparation for this one.
1: Blue Bloods faced Harlem Heat and the Nasty Boys for the title in a triangle match at Bash at the Beach where they failed again.
0: Well, they soon dropped off the title picture and continued to compete in the mid-card tag team. They added Squire David Taylor to the team and Jeeves as a lackey by the end of the year. Eaton and Regal
1: received a shot at the WCW World Tag Team Championships against Sting and Luger on 23rd of January. A clash of Champions 32, where they failed to win the championship.
0: Well, on the 27th January episode of Saturday night, Regal was attacked by the debuting Belfast, Belfast Bruiser during a match, Last beginning a feud between the duo. As the Belfast Bruiser was a Northern Irishman who developed an odd hatred with Regal due to him being English. One guess. <laughs> yeah, go on. Fit Finlay? Fit Finlay. Well, with March, Regal faced the Bruiser in a match at Uncensored, but Regal lost the match by disqualification after Eaton and Taylor attacked the Bruiser. Well, this leads to our next match, 29th of April,
1: a Monday Nitro, Regal versus the Bruiser in a parking lot brawl.
0: Yes, so this is the parking lot brawl, and of course, like I said, the Belfast Bruiser is Finlay, and he has made his debut now, and these two guys absolutely hate each other, and we are outside in the parking lot, I have actually heard that his name is Finley, and he loves to fight. <laughs> he does love to fight. Oh, oh my God, Jesus!
1: Well, Finley just went to kick Regal and ended up kicking through a windscreen of a car.
0: My God, Regal! You can see the blue bloods on the back of his uh trunks now. He's wearing a T-shirt because it is cold tonight, and you know you don't want to catch a chill. As Finley looking to hit him with uh bit <laughs> of cement. Finley though, with his mallet and moustache.
1: Yeah. <laughs> He's got a bit of concrete in his hand. Regal trying anything to block it, eventually does with a thumb to the eye. I oh. know he's just raking the forehead of Finley down
0: onto the concrete. Well, Regal absolutely vicious. So is Finley. And when you've got this environment to play in, anything could happen. Dan, there are no there rules. Are no <laughs> <laughs> rules. As Regal gets sent into the back of the pickup.
1: Do you know what the first rule of parking lot brawl is? What? You do not talk about parking lot brawl.
0: But, but again, it's it's Regal in no, a match. No, you do not talk about not parking lot, right. But I'm saying if Regal, you know, we, we talk about technical side and, and we have seen him against someone like the Bulldog as more power. And now this is a kind of... We don't really associate him with kind of hard calling, but this is what we're seeing here at the moment.
1: As he receives a front bumper to the midsection and across the
0: back. you think this is more close to what Regal grew up with as opposed to kind of what he became in a weird way. Well,
1: this is actually a typical... Friday night out in Blackpool Blackpool, I mean all you need is some fella to lob a glass from the crowd into the fight and then it's perfect The Regal throws Finley onto a car or the Belfast Brawler as he's known
0: yep it's a nice elbow and Regal Regal's definitely kind of uh, matured you can see his look you know like I said maybe not in the, the, the greatest shape but still you know looking good letting the hair grow a little bit as they talk about hair and the mullet attacks now
1: he actually really doesn't look like Finlay. <laughs> even his face.
0: Well, Finlay now has got the seatbelt and he's choking out Regal.
1: Regal hasn't even got his own t-shirt. He's got to wear a WWE Monday night trade.
0: Well, you can see the blood on Regal's top. I'm not sure where it's come from. Oh, my God. Ooh. Finlay trying to punch. the. <laughs> Both men trying to punch each other. Hit the car. The glass didn't
1: go through, though. The window's sturdy. Finlay with Regal up on his shoulder. Drops him across barricade. Right in front of the county sheriff. <laughs> and now back in the pickup truck.
0: Oh, both men are in the back of the pickup, brawling away. And we will just send them into the top of the uh pickup. Someone's gonna sharpen them and they be really upset like, that their car's been used and they've not been told.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'd just like to point out that that car's lights are on and he will get a flat battery if he refuses to turn them off. There's also his right indicator blinker's going.
0: Well you can see the destruction. Talk about um Destruction der- Derby, you seen it here. Uh oh. Oh, well, Regal goes head
1: first into the windscreen. Doesn't go
0: through though. Oh my god. Regal sends Finley into the door and the glass just shatters. I thought Austin was going to come out then.
1: That's <laughs> yeah, a straight up boxing match and he grabs hold of the front bumper. Just rams it to the midsection of Finley, who responds with a headbutt.
0: Now, Regal out on the top of that car. Finley with the elbow. And now we're going to see a tombstone to end it. Oh, luckily enough, Regal manages to escape it. I don't know who that would have hurt more. Fin, uh, Regal on his head or Finlay on his unpadded knees. And You can hear Bischoff saying, go wide. I don't want to see a destruction. And it looks like it's going to go. Regal's going to pile drive Finlay. Ah, backdrop instead on top of the motor. Uh-oh. Both men on the
1: roof. A low blow from Finlay.
0: Well, Regal with a low blow after Finlay went for the
1: German suplex. Seated pile driver onto the roof of a car.
0: Then Regal going to cover. And that's it. That's the three. Well, Regal wins the war here. And what a strange and interesting matchup. Regal very happy. Dan, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think it's brilliant to see how kind of Regal adapts to his surroundings. He can kind of, you know, go toe-to-toe with pretty much anyone in any scenario.
0: Uh, And the thing is, we're expecting with Finlay, we know about him, you know, it's going to be this type of matchup. No, it's an all-out brawl, do you know what I mean? It's it's, it's this literal hardcore match. On the 31st
1: August episode of Saturday Night, Regal captured the World Television Championship for the third time by getting an upset victory over Lex Luger after he was attacked by the Outsiders. Next
0: chapter, Championship Goals.
1: After the title, Regal solely became focusing on his title reign and the Blue Bloods came inactive. He held the title for five months and defended the title against the likes of Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Dean Malenko, former partner Bobby Eaton and Psychosis.
0: Yeah, Regal was scheduled to defend the title against Rey Mysterio Jr. at Super Bowl Seven, but he dropped the title to Prince Ikea after distraction by Mysterio on the 16th of February, 97 edition of Nitro. Our next match is again for the TV title, the challenging Ultimo Dragon. So Regal now, and his... Ch- He's changed his look again a little bit because we can see the kind of trunks we more associated with him now. Like we said, the purple trunks. And he's coming out with a new jacket. And no manager. He's by himself, so he decided to say... Do you think that was the right decision? I mean, as a tag team, the Blue Bloods were a little bit more comedy than they were serious, weren't they, in certain aspects.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it run for him. They challenged a few times for, ti- uh, for the tag team titles. But kind of going back to... Uh... Singles competition is best, I think, for Regal.
0: I think without doubt, doubt, we see Ultimate Dragon here with Sonny Ono as TV champion. a man we saw in our very first wrestling event together, Dan. How do you believe that? Into the dragon. When we saw the dragon. A a pro. And he's facing Finlay here. Regal. At the uh, start of Slambury. Is that a love bite on William Regal's neck? And maybe the scars of war. As Regal... <laughs> I mean, you know, ever since his debut, we've seen his debut in 92, and he's been there, this is, what, his fifth year now. We're in 1997. How do you think his last five years have gone for Will
1: I think he's kind of looking a lot more like the character that we know as William Regal. Um, you know, we've seen him kind of trying a few things out. I honestly didn't know that he had tagged with Triple H for a little while. Really? It was the Blue Bloods, no?
0: Didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, originally, and... Uh, Regal and Triple H, like I said, until they were signed and then they kind of used that uh, character as the Hunter Hearst Helmsley. So they kind of used that a little bit to get success. But Regal's been an association and do you think that's why maybe they got a close relationship later on in NXT? Triple H and Regal, uh, because of that, you know, the understanding of each other maybe.
1: Possibly, yeah. You know, they've kind of known each other for, uh, well, since the mid-early 90s.
0: So yeah, why not? And this is the thing we've seen with Regal. So, you know, so many uh, people, maybe, like someone like Triple H and his match against Bulldog, and even his interaction with someone like Ultimate Dragon, who's, you know, an absolute legend, and Regal's had these matches against, and it's consistent. You know, look at the last five years. Yes, it's been at a television uh, title level, but he's managed to face all these great people and uh, still put on great matches, you know. Well, you look,
1: you know, throughout his title defences, Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, uh <laughs> Brian, flying Brian Pillman. I mean, you know, and then you kind of see it in a variation of style going against a high flyer in um, Ultimo Dragon.
0: And again, it's about adapting his style as Regal is facing a guy, you know, much smaller than him and see how he, he manages to uh, make it work and what he has to do to maybe change it up.
1: it off Carolina. <laughs> You're not... walking the hollow ground.
0: Dusty Rhodes on commentary. Alongside uh, Tony Schiavone and Mike Tenet. And Regal now just working the arm.
1: A variation of the bow and arrow. He's got his uh, Ultimo Dragon's arms locked around his throat. He's got his feet hooked instead of the back of his knees. But that's how you defeat a high fly. You know? keep them pinned to the mat. They can't flip off the
0: top rope now. And this is the thing I like about Regal's style. is simple yet effective. But he's not doing stuff. And and again, we talked about the revival earlier, and I heard him saying recently about Hill, what a Hill wrestler should do, and a Hill wrestler is there to make the good guy look great, and the the good guy is the one who has the kind of high popping moves, and you know that the bad guy just needs to do his what he needs to do, you know, like he doesn't need to be doing what saying Adam Cole does all the time with those type of things. He could just, you know, it's it's down to the guy he's facing. Right, Jag? It's like, you know, against a Mysterio. Right, you you do all those moves and I'll just be this guy who is kind of selling them for you and making it work.
1: Absolutely, yeah, and William Regal does that. And again, it shows it doesn't matter what, who his opponent is. You know, he can adapt to kind of sell for them, improvise for them, you know, kind of make them look better.
0: Well, I, I seriously don't know, right, of a wrestler... Who has faced more varied opposition. When you think about the not only the lower down guys in WCW, but also the kind of higher ups and even through WWE where, you know, are working with someone like Stone Cold or The Rock and he's worked with people like you know, D Lo Brown or fucking Al Snow or do you know what I'm saying? Like that kind of he's had matches with near enough everybody. Like from your Eddie Guerreros to your, you know, Chris Benoit's to your any, You know, it's just, it's crazy to think about.
1: Absolutely, you know, even throughout his time in W he's gone against uh, Lex Luger, Sting, Arn Anderson, Ric Flair. You know, he has faced literally a who's who of wrestlers throughout the decades.
0: Yeah, and it is crazy. Like, no, I don't think anybody has managed to do that like Regal has, you know. Prince Ikea, Rey Mysterio, you know. All the cruiserweights, you know, like I said, to, Moving to the people like that. As Dragon now coming back into this one.
1: A flurry of kicks, finishing up with a spinning heel kick to the chest. Regal looks like he's in trouble. Even the referee felt that
0: one. Well, Dragon famously held 12 championships all at the same time. Included with the J Cup as well. I mean, Dragon is one of those guys in Japan who's had so much success. It's a shame when WWE had the opportunity with him. They kind of absolutely blew it.
1: Now, what's my Dragon is kind of out-wrestling William Regal. In a half Boston.
0: And that's another thing. As Mike today says, like, how important the TV title is. When we talk about Regal wrestling, lower card, mid card, you know, higher upper card, main eventers, and consistently being on TV. You know, we look at his career since joining WSW. No kind of long-term injuries, no kind of uh, suspensions or anything like that. It's consistently been on TV, whether what form it would be. And, you know, for five years and it's credit to Regal in that way
1: absolutely it's someone that obviously WCW sees as a very safe pair of hands consistently you know you want a good match someone needs an opponent Regal exactly. you know his name must be top near top of the list to go out there have a good match you know it's majority of his matches have been openings to pay-per-views but that kind of sets the tone for the rest of the pay-per-view it
0: puts asses in seats it puts eyes on the product and you know I'd see that as an honour. I think without a doubt. You know, when you talk about, you know, in in every year as well, like I said, this Night 97 opening the show again, uh, matches at Uncensored 96, every year having the pay-per-view matches, you know, being featured on Nitro. And it, it's like I said, it's it's just a consistency that not many wrestlers find. And it's not that he's resting on his laurels either of kind of phoning it in. Every match is a performance that he's, he's given 100%. And that's when you can tell how great a wrestler is as well, when no matter who they're facing, they're always giving to give everything that they've got.
1: And that is, you know, I think that is the telling of a great wrestler. He will give it his all no matter if he's facing the top of the top or, you know, a lower of low or or even a jobber. You know, yeah. he will put everything into a match because his passion is wrestling. As he said, you know, it's not about the fame, it's not about the money,
0: it is about wrestling. Like say, And this is what I'm I'm so pleased to be able to bring people this as well and see Regal and just to show what a great career that he has had. I mean, this is only, you know, talk about his early days. He's been wrestling now for a few years and he's found his niche and he's been working as a heel and he's he's a great heel as well. There's there's no doubt about that.
1: Regal getting tied up in a
0: cross arm breaker
1: but managing to escape it.
0: And not only that, turn it round. He's looking for the Regal stretch as well. And now Regal, knowing he can get that submission in, tries the bow and arrow. And He's just twisting Dragon's body. And again, and Regal making sure his shoulders aren't down either for the pin attempt. He's doing the arm trick again, isn't he? See that?
1: Yeah. <laughs> again, arm across the mouth, so we can't see the audibles or can't hear the audibles. And I think that is kind of... That's what defines a great wrestler. You know, just the little details like that that... <laughs> other wrestlers might slip through or you know not even think about it just comes as second nature
0: and we've seen him express himself in certain ways as well we've seen the kind of the comedic stuff with the blue bloods and the kind of you know the the high kind of um snobbery as it was and also we've seen the kind of seriousness for the kind of feud with finley uh you know showing that he can go hardcore and now in this one as well it's just it's just kind of a clash of styles but it's Regal kind of showing that I can do... I can, I've been around... You can see from his matches that he's been around the world. When, you you know, as you say, a wrestler's been to Japan or Mexico or wherever like that, you can see Regal went there, kind of learnt how the culture was and learnt how to wrestle against it.
1: Yeah, but then he always brings it back home to a great British slugfest.
0: But that style never goes away from him, you know. He never changes it up.
1: Uh, Regal gets drop-kicked out of the ring... Looks like Dragon's going to go flying. As Sonny Ono, with a couple of kicks, drops Regal to the mat.
0: I mean, Dragon saying, Sonny, don't get me disqualified. <laughs> Sonny's saying he's just trying to help. Dragon brings Regal back in. Handspring back elbow. Now placing Regal up on top.
1: I was a to cover, but Regal just managing to kick out.
0: Oh, a beautiful hurrican run off the top. Couldn't get the job done, so Dragon goes back up top now. Salt. No, Regal rolls out of the way. Then Regal, legs, looking for the stretch.
1: Trying to get the arm back, but no, Dragon reaches out for the bottom rope.
0: Now Regal with the Irish whip, reversed by Dragon. But he was down low, and now Regal catching him with a kick. Goes for the suplex. To cover one. No, just a two count. Two. That was lovely by Regal there, avoiding Dragon, going for the roll-up. Just a two count from a pin, though. Two. Regal going for the uppercut, but missed. Dragon with a nice spin kick. Now the cover... But no, legs into the ropes. Both
1: men staggering up to their feet.
0: And dragging out off the second rope. Beautiful.
1: Springboard Moonsault takes Regal out.
0: But he's taking too much time, baby. He's not going into the cover. Picking up Regal.
1: Tiger suplex blocked. Regal goes behind, gets thrown through the ropes.
0: And sadly this time, not going to touch him.
1: Ultimo comes through the ropes, kicks Regal. Skins <laughs> the cat back in and Regal just simply steps out the way. And the look on his face. Absolutely brilliant as Ultimo Dragon just crashes to the wafer Finn mats below. Irish Whip sends Regal into barricade.
0: Well, Regal looked to have the advantage but it's turned around in seconds. And now Dragon looking to fly.
1: Springboard Moonsault to the outside takes out Regal.
0: And they call it the SAE Moonsault for a reason. Because that man created it, Ultimo Dragon.
1: SAE! Bless you.
0: And Sunny now with the kicks again. And referee, if he sees it, is going to disqualify him.
1: What? Sonny just kicked Re- uh, kicked. my Dragon in the back of the head.
0: And then Regal, Regal catches
1: him with one as well. Throws
0: him back into the ring. What was Sonny doing there? Did he think with the shades on it wasn't him? And now Regal got Dragon up. Inverted suplex. And the crowd definitely into this. They want Regal to put the submission in. And he's got the Regal stretch. Referee checking. Dragon's not tapping out. He's but- holding on now. Uh, Dragon taps. Wow. Regal wins and becomes the new television champion.
1: But it's all about that man, Sonny Ono. That cost him four-time champion now, Regal. Well,
0: Regal, what a moment here. He beats up the Dragon.
1: And that's insult to injury as he stomps away after.
0: I mean, it looks like he's been in the war. But, Dan, what are your thoughts on that match?
1: I thought it was very enjoyable. Again, you know, I'd like to see William Regal win a couple without some outside interference or, you know, someone getting involved in the match. But it is a good portrayal of his character, you know. He doesn't care how he wins.
0: Um, and he, he looks like he's making the most of every opportunity that he gets given. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, that was the fourth time as TV champion. Uh, but he lost the title back to Dragon two months later on the 22nd July episode of Nitro. We got another shot at the title against new champion Alex Wright on the 15th of September. But he failed to capture the champion.
1: Well, we go on to our next chapter. End in sight, and in the fall of '97, Regal reformed Blue Bloods with Dave Taylor, and they unsuccessfully challenged Steiner Brothers for the tag team championships at World. War III. Later that night, Regal participated in the World War III for a future WCW World Heavyweight Championship match, which he
0: failed to win. On the 9th of February Night, night episode of Nitro, Regal on the 9th of February Night Night episode of Nitro, Regal faced. Bill Goldberg. I'm guessing he didn't win this one. Well, do you know what? We've seen Regal win all his matches up until this point. So I suppose it would only be fair. But he might have a chance here tonight, Nick, because Regal, and he's added the singlet to it. That's quite nice. Well, if you go back on the WNR, you will see our journey through WWE versus WCW. And, of course, we featured Goldberg, Streak, and uh, very important matches. And this was one of the matches that we used, but we're going to watch it afresh. This time because we're watching it from the winning Regal perspective as opposed to the the Goldberg perspective that we have seen before. And Goldberg enters the ring. And again, we're talking about the intensity of a man. And the bell rings. And here we go. So at this point in time, Goldberg have been undefeated for about five months now. And Regal will have snapped my takedown. A couple of kicks to the back trying to get Goldberg off his game. Now Regal now taking the leg down, going for the arm. Goldberg fighting it. And Regal now got hold of him. Well, Goldberg is just so powerful, but Regal has wrestled so many different types.
1: But he he knows how to use strength and power against an opponent. Goldberg got a knee
0: bar in, but Regal already at the bottom ropes. And Regal definitely keeping that distance at the moment, making sure that uh, Regal uh, that Goldberg can't get into this one. It hits the uppercut, and Goldberg doesn't really know what's hit him at the moment in time. Regal looking to take the leg.
1: Goldberg unresponsive to that so he goes for the arm instead but Bill managing to turn it round rolls through into a cover but again Regal with a bottom rope
0: he'll kick to the face as the referee called for the break I don't think Goldberg knows what he's facing at this moment in time As Regal again going low taking down Goldberg if he likes to a headlock takedown but Goldberg turns it round into a head scissors. but Regal now trying to get his head out probably the best place to start he grabs Goldberg again.
1: Front face lock. Goldberg turns it round to an arm ring or section. No, Even the commentator saying this is a different test. as a <laughs> poke to the eye. Oh, Goldberg's matches are normally over within a, less than a minute. We're going against someone like Regal who's
0: kind of using everything Goldberg's got against him. I mean, this is so strange to see. Like I said, we, we've seen Goldberg matches and it's usually, like I said, spear. And I can't remember what comes after a spear. But, and at this point, Regal... Just hanging on for dear life. Spear and sledgehammer.
1: <laughs> spear and bullpane hammer. Oh, Goldberg lifts Regal up.
0: Backdrop. Spear and MC hammer. You can't touch that. And now Irish rip. Regal again going low with a headbutt. Spear and claw hammer. <laughs> what about, because we're in WCW, spear and van hammer. And Regal now again just being effective on Goldberg. Goldberg doesn't know what's hit him in this one. Knees, Shots. Whatever that was. Goldberg tried to spin out of a, a move it looked like. Regal went along with it. Irish rip. Flying shoulder block.
1: <laughs> Regal blocking Goldberg's kicks and knees. Turns in rounds. Fucking
0: hell, palm strikes actually connecting as well. And a headbutt. To a man who headbutts doors for fun. Well, oh, Goldberg didn't like that. Irish rip into the corner. Hits a spear. There you go. And damn, what happens after a spear? Well,
1: James... He jacks him up, hammers him down. One, two, three.
0: And Goldberg gets the victory. But he appeared more aggressive and stiff than expected with the then rising star. It was later revealed that most of Regal's moves on Goldberg were shoot-style moves, which caught Goldberg off guard at the time.
1: It was rumoured that WCW management was upset with Regal because even though he did the job to Goldberg as expected, he was supposed to lose to Goldberg in a short match like most of Goldberg's other competitors at the time, as opposed to keeping the match competitive.
0: However, Regal disputes this in his autobiography and has asserted that he is told to have a competitive match for six minutes by WWE agents during his interview on the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast. James, we move on to the best bit now. Real man's man. That is our next chapter. Well, Regal's initial appearance was on the... 29th of June, ninety nine episode of Raw is War in which he defeated Dros via submission with the Regal Stretch. After featuring one more match against Tiger Ali Singh at Penn State in Pennsylvania, Regal was sent to training camp run by Dory Funk Jr. to get into shape. On his last day, he twists his ankle in a match against Rhino and upon returning home, aggravated his injury, falling in his bathroom, breaking his ankle and leg. Well, during this time,
1: Regal was suffering from an addiction to Renitrent, a pain medication and Valium and was not seen on WWF television until he returned that fall with a real man's man, build slash lumberjack-style-looking gimmick created by my Twitter friend, our Vince Twitter Russo. Our Twitter friend.
0: He follows all of us now on Twitter. Well, well, only because
1: I DM'd him and told him in one of our many chats. It's
0: not about Vince Russo, it's about a real man's man. Well, vignettes from the character showed him doing manly things like chopping wood and shaving with a straight razor and squeezing his own orange juice. So let's go to one of the vignettes. It's October 5th.
1: 1998. No additives.
0: No concentrates. You won't find this man pouring juice from a cardboard container. Oh, no. He squeezes his own hand-selected Florida oranges and savours his extraction. Pulp and
1: all. He's Steven Regal a real man's man? So while Vince McMahon is kind of feuding with Austin, he's in hospital getting beaten with a bedpan in that iconic scene, we see a more iconic scene.
0: Without a doubt. I mean, like I said, this is the Raw that we remember, Bedpan McMahon, but here we go. I mean, they're just one of the best vignettes of all time, Dan, aren't they, you know? It tells you a lot about a man who
1: cuts his oranges with a knife and just squeezes them in, pulp and all, seeds and all. Doesn't give a flying formation of what goes into it. He will drink it.
0: Without a doubt. We move on to November 2nd. We're going to see the man, the myth, the legend in action versus Goldust. And he also has the best entrance video of all time. And entrance gear.
1: But he still kept his like uh, maroon-coloured knee pads and boots. But here's a real man's man from Blackpool, England.
0: Wow. Comes
1: and down wearing a hard hat and a lumberjack Jacket
0: And who would have thought, Dan, the man that interviewed Stephen Regal on the very first appearance on, in American TV in WSW in 1992, Jr. will be on commentary for William Regal's debut in WWF in 1998. It's just, again, you talk about association, and he wants a microphone.
1: Well, who's going to take up the challenge? Who's going to think they're a real man's man backstage to fight? The real man's man, William Regal. The man who squeezes his own orange juice.
0: Oh, it's a man just as weird, Goldust. Did Regal seem a bit slurry then when he was talking? I mean, I know he's going through his uh, drug problems at the moment, but I mean, surely... Well, don't
1: call me Shirley, but he does seem a bit on edge. They're still using him on screen, though. I think they see
0: the talent more than they see uh, his issues at the moment. We talk about a man with his own personal demons, Goldust, showing up here as well. But it goes to show, James, in that
1: last vignette that we saw, Regal supports freshly squeezed orange juice. Or freshly squeezed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now we've got... Uh, a man who has opposed, has he?
0: He's bit... He's in the same company, as him. Exactly. he exactly. A AEW connections here. And, of course, JR and Comptree, part of AEW as well. It just shows you the kind of William Regal, of course, part of WTV, one of the kind of stalwarts during this time, after a terrible gimmick. You know, you talk about terrible gimmicks, kill wrestlers. I mean, this one, we may laugh at it, but to be tried, taken seriously, is just, you know, it's not going to work. But Regal, again, given it is all at his time, we're going to see the real Man-Man in action against Goldust.
1: Again, we've seen him uh, wrestling all sorts of characters. I think Goldust is another completely unorthodox character when it comes to wrestling.
0: Exactly. Anybody (laughs) that's, you know kind of been around it, it's, it's kind of crazy i'd like to point out also that one of his last matches in
1: wcw that we watched gold dust dad was on commentary <laughs> so, <it's... laughs>
0: so the connections and of course the connections that regal and dusty had in nxt as well uh it's kind of crazy to think about it that you know it's it's, it's, it's a small world isn't it in, in a way as the regal now got trying got to try and adapt to what he's wearing and also the kind of style, the WF style, because there was no way, especially during the Attitude era, that Regal could wrestle the way he did in his WSW days, is there? You know, and that's that's bad for WF, but again, it was different.
1: Absolutely, yeah. But it's again, you know, it's I think if anyone can adapt to overcome, it it would be Regal. You know, he's he, we've seen him for an array of different characters, different sizes, different wrestlers, different mentalities. And, you know, I think if they say, right, you need to do this, Regal can immediately get on board with that.
0: Uh, But I think at this time, seeing his performance, this is the kind of worst that we've seen William Regal at this point. You know, you talk about kind of what's been going on uh, outside of his, you know, um, life as well and kind of the problems there.
1: Well, he manages to throw gold dust over the top rope, but you can see he's definitely struggling in the ring. I'm not sure what you know what's going through Goldust's mind at the moment. Molina's coming down to ringside though.
0: Or Terry Reynolds, sorry. Yeah, they've just had their split and uh Goldust was feuding with uh, Val Venus over what Terry had been doing. And Terry wanted to come back to Goldust because Goldust was beating Val. And beat Regal now with really the up advantage. Up her what? But <laughs> only getting a one. One. I'm just glad Brock Lesnar's not around. And <laughs> Regal now. Yeah, I'm sure Brock Lesnar's hanging out somewhere, though. Yeah, well, as Regal with the elbow, elbows and knees. Regal seems like
1: he's lost a step and or phoning it in at the moment.
0: Well, it's weird to think, you know, th- did he want to leave WWE? Was it because, you know, other reasons maybe? But you think about the people that WWE did employ. Maybe WF made a move to think with someone like Regal. But then again, why not use the character that works so well? Why having to do this for that is the at the moment he sticks out like a sore thumb in the attitude era do you know what i mean that's the kind of absolutely i think the
1: more stiff upper lip brit would have kind of fit in a bit better in wwe at this moment
0: but again it's a much longer match than maybe you would expect for this time
1: well I, i just i don't know regal seems he certainly seems like he's missing a step or five
0: Bulldog by Goldust, and of course we've seen Regal face Bulldog, and uh, Goldust now with big right of hands.
1: Of course that uh, um big helmet in the corner there, the Regal War to the Ring. Also Regal faced Alex Wright.
0: <laughs> oh wait a minute, Goldust. What? Just put him in the uh. What? It's Kane. It's Kane. <laughs> Shattered dreams, and here comes Kane. Well, we weren't expecting this on the podcast. This is like, this match is sucking, damn it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Is this where Kane was on his bit of a rampage and he was kind of getting involved in pretty much every match on screen?
0: Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. And Kane's coming out here, gold does to his credit, still wrestling.
1: Well, he's just stopped turning his attack to Kane. Uh-oh. Real Referee's wouldn't... not called for... A... Yeah. Go oh, on. he has now. He's just called for a disqualification as Regal gets hit with a choke slam. One for Goldie. Oh,
0: no oh.
1: So they've referred to her as both Marlena and Terry Runnels just in this one little
0: segment. And now Kane can see Terry. Oh, God, we don't want to see this. Look how
1: small she looks compared to Kane. He's got Marlena up by the throat. The referee's trying to coax her out of it. Referees, trainers, EMTs down.
0: Wow. And the real man's man there. Can't help at all. And Kane's okay, on a choke slam uh, challenge, it looks like. So that was Regal, basically, in the WWF. And as a match, it wasn't that great, to be fair.
1: Absolutely not, no. Well, after he made his full-time debut in October 98, he faced X-Pac in the opening round of the tournament for the vacant WWF Championship at Survivor Series, ending in a double count-out and thus eliminating
0: both men from the tournament. Well, Regal then began a feud with The Godfather before he was taken off television, soon after, before subsequently checking into rehab in January 1999 and was the WWF in April. Well, going back down south and after checking out of rehab,
1: Matthews was invited back into the wrestling world, making a somewhat brief return to WCW as Lord Stephen Regal. His official pay-per-view return took place during Bash at the Beach, where he was one of many participants in the first Hardcore Invitational.
0: Well, the following night on Nitro, Regal accompanied both Finlay and Dave Taylor, and he fought Billy Kidman, but outside help from Finlay and Taylor, Regal was unable to pick Two weeks later, he we faced Mikey Whipwreck, but Jimmy Hart's First Family came out to challenge the Blue Bloods at Road Wild for the Hardcore Trophy, causing Regal to lose the match.
1: Well, nothing came of this challenge as neither the First Family or the Blue Bloods were featured on the Road Wild card. Similar to his previous run, much of Regal's performances took place in tag team bouts. Regal continued his role as a rule-breaking villain and has small feuds with teams such as the Filthy Animals.
0: Well, in late February 2000, Regal lost a career match against Jim Duggan on Saturday night for the World Television Championship, which was done in order to explain Regal's release from the company. So, at this point, Regal's life, he had opportunities in WWF and success in
1: WCW, but with injuries. Fighting drug addiction, he had hit rock bottom. So,
0: what was next?
1: Well, next chapter...
0: Revival.
1: Well, Regal was once again hired by the WWF and sent to the Developmental Territory Memphis Championship Wrestling for a short... He re-debuted in a match with Chris Benoit and the, anim- and the third
0: annual Brian Pillman Memorial Show. Well, this match is often cited as being the impetus for the re TV of Regal by the WWF later year. And we talk about the match, we thought about watching it, but it was on YouTube. And again, it's not that great. But for like 14 minutes... They told the story and WF saw this and thought, wait a minute, we were just about to cut him. Like I said, Regal at this point was struggling with so many different things. Uh, and, And at that point, it looked like he was done, you know. And the thing is, what would be next for Regal? Would it be like the independent circuit or anything like this? And that one match changed it. You talk about happenstance and being signed again. It just shows how important that can actually be.
1: Well, Regal returned on 18th of September 2000 episode of War as a Hill under the name Stephen William Regal, which was later shortened to William Regal.
3: Can I just punch him one time? Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Stephen Regal. Do your job, Taz. Are you going to introduce him? Hello, my name is Stephen William Regal and I am from Blackpool in England and it is my intention to become a Goodwill Ambassador to you, my friends, the American people. What is this? Now, I've noticed since being here that you, my American friends, don't have the time for the finer things in life, most importantly, manners. And I know you parents don't have the time to teach your children the skills that they need to succeed in life, so allow me. Now, what is this? the most important part of life is proper dining etiquette. What are these, the Goodwill Games or something? I guess we're... I don't know what. I don't here, know. Here we have a basic table setting. Better hope the do China, you. crystal, linen, a flower. It doesn't have to be a rose. Basic. Oh no, a pansy will suffice. Pansy. And the silverware. Now, I know that you, my American friends, get a little confused when there's more than one fork on the table, but it's quite simple. I want we no just stone cold to would do if you're here right now. Outside okay? in. Then we come to the napkin. I don't know, but these people now, here. In the Chicago... napkin is not your enemy. Oh no! Oh no! It is not to be flung around. Did you say the napkin's is not your up? enemy? It is to be placed discreetly on the lap. Napkin now, might be your enemy here in Chicago. If you need to use your napkin, use it correctly. Never wipe or smear. That is for another office. Listen to this. No, just dab away the degree discreetly. Did he say wiping for another office? Well, I think our etiquette lesson for the night may be
1: over.
0: Would you please
1: shh the hell up?
0: So that was it for Regal's debut then. So I guess, uh, you know, looking back, it is the character that we kind of know now more than anyone else, isn't it? You know, with the kind of stiff upper lip.
1: Absolutely, yeah, and it was kind of, again, overshadowed by someone else in WWE. I mean, his debut as the real man's man in WWF was kind of overshadowed by Kane, whereas this, kind of his re-debut in WWF, was kind of overshadowed by Jericho versus X-Pac.
0: Well, our next match is the 16th of October for the European Championship versus Al Snow. And Al Snow, at this point, is coming out, he addressed different nationalities of Europe, with different European countries... And it's good old England today, cool, blimey, me, go for that.
1: <laughs> well, being a European championship champion, you've got to kind of uh, represent all of
0: Europe. Europe, right about that. As even Head has got the bowler hat on. Lovely picture of Regal.
1: Al Snow was a weird character, wasn't he?
0: He was, wasn't he? Like, when you think about it, like, walking around, disembodied Head. Eating his own. <laughs> he didn't do that intentionally, like. He still ate his own dog. But Regal, we see attacking Al Snow from behind on SmackDown. And Al Snow giving him head last night on heat. He gave him some head as well. He did. Jericho with the lion's salt getting the victory from Regal. So, and we just seen Jericho, of course, interrupting William Regal. So, he's been the bane of his existence. Would he be able to turn the tide in this match? Is it interrupting William Regal? Or is it Regal interrupt (laughs) us? Well, Regal's coming out here. Look at this. Stand look, on his, look on
1: his face. Class, etiquette, knowing which fork to use when you're fine dining.
0: This is the match we saw in WSW uh, against um, Ultimo Dragon. This is how Regal looked then.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the thing I like about Regal is he's always got his right hand <laughs> yeah. tucked behind his back as well. I think that looks absolutely brilliant. And another thing about Regal, he's a southpaw as well. Hits from the left-hand side.
0: A lot more harder to defend against. Without a shadow of a doubt, you can see why he's been so successful as he's looking to add the European Championship to his resume. Of course, he's a four time television champion in WCW. But
1: this is the Regal. That last match, I think we can kind of uh, discredit that. You know, it seemed like he didn't like the character, he didn't like what he was doing. This, he's back to his normal, back to the William Regal that we know. William Regal, that he had very good matches with, uh, matches as in WCW.
0: Yeah, this, and he had to hit rock bottom, didn't he? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he had that problem, and he had to find a solution to it to sort himself out, and it's great to see you see so many wrestlers dropping off after that moment in time, but with Regal kind of motivated himself, and he looks in good shape as well. There's no doubt about it, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's slightly, you know, bodger, but you can see with the... Uh, Six pack and everything like that, that Regal's definitely taken it seriously.
1: Well, if he had failed at this attempt, I think it probably would have been the end for Regal as far as televised or you know mainstream wrestling goes. He probably could have ended up in Impact or somewhere else like that.
0: Well, and the thing is, you know, with Regal is the fact that again, starting down at the bottom of the ladder, you know, there's no kind of being in anywhere, you know, like you know, Jericho interrupting The Rock or something like that. With Regal, it's against, no offence to people like Al Snow or, you know, the Godfather. It's people who may be, you know, especially in this time in 2000, are kind of on the descent and uh, working his way up.
1: But, unlike nowadays, I mean, nowadays he'd be wrestling in non-title matches against Mojo Rawley on Heat, whereas, you know, it it may be against Al Snow, but it's for a title. You know, it's a Godfather. He was intercontinental title for a while you know so it's it's kind of he's going for something worthwhile in the company as opposed to mojo Rawley in it
0: but it, it's also during this time as well where there was an improvement you know during the roster in 98 was nowhere near what the roster was in kind of like 2000 because you had your younger guys going through your tag teams as well and regal found himself a part of that and could adapt more to their styles than, you know, the kind of other way around. But it's Ralph Snow, because, you know, he's been around in ECW and stuff like that, so he knows how to actually put on a match, and this has been, without a shadow of a doubt, his best effort in WF uh, so far.
1: Most definitely, yeah. And again, Ralph Snow, he was a trainer on Tough Enough. You know, so for someone to be a trainer, they obviously know a lot about the business and know what they're doing
0: to be able to hold a match up. Without a shadow of a doubt, and he's still with a higher value wrestling to this day as a trainer, so that's what Al Snow brings to it as he hits a nice German suplex, but Regal managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Scoop slam, and Al Snow's
1: certainly been on top, and talking about being on top, he's going up top. Is he just parading to the
0: fans, or is he gonna. No, looking for a moonsault. Wow, Regal gets his knees up. Knees up. And now Regal. Straight into the Regal stretch. Regal stretch, Snow in trouble.
1: And he taps after a few seconds. And you know what that means, don't you? Regal is the European Championship of Europe
0: Well, no, yeah, not only that, William Regal wins his very first championship in the WWF or WWE. He becomes European champion. What an achievement. And what
1: better man to represent the European Championship then, William Regal?
0: Exactly. What did you think of the match, Dan?
1: It was good, you know, um, especially after a contrast to his uh, last WWE debut. Certainly a vast improvement, and this is the William Regal that we need in the WWF. Well, Regal would lose the title to Crash Holly in the UK at Rebellion on the 2nd of December before winning it back two days later on Raw.
0: Regal went out of his first Royal Rumble in 2001 but failed to win. The next night on Raw, Regal lost the European Championship to Test.
1: Test. That was Test. Our next match, Arch and Regal had a chance to become Commissioner on SmackDown.
0: So at the moment, the commissionership has been given up by uh, Mick Foley. So it will be on the line. Of course, Al Snow is, is one of his best buds. Wants that opportunity. Uh, So yeah, chance to become commissioner. And I'll tell you what, William Regal definitely looks a lot happier than he has done in a long time. And I know it's uh, part of the character, but I think he really enjoys it. I think it's the right character for him. It fits him perfectly, you know.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, You know, he seems a lot more comfortable and especially in the kind of era that the Attitude is moment. It's, you know, it's full of colourful characters that stick out and someone with a stiff, upper lip, you
0: know, it's someone to make fun at but not take life too seriously. Yeah, I completely agree. And Regal wants to start the Regal regime and Al Snow wants to give him head. Indeed,
1: yes, the man who uh, he dropped the European title to not much, not long ago.
0: And Al Snow coming out here with a couple of little people.
1: He's limping. he's a bit worse for wear and that's kind of the wrong thing to do when you're going against William Regal.
0: Yeah, I had a hardcore match with a big show but thought he still has enough in the tank to be out-to-down William Regal and can he add another accomplishment and a really important one really when you think about it, becoming commissioner of the WF would be a huge thing.
1: And again, William Regal just like he did with uh, against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat targeting the injured areas, the back body drops high on the shoulder.
0: Yeah, I think that is an excellent point. I think Al Snow would want you as his agent to say that you like the same Ricky Steamboat and Al Snow. I don't think they've ever been sending the same sentence before.
1: Well, it's <laughs> another WNR podcast first. Oh, and look. The, the little people are holding on to the legs of Al Snow, stopping him from getting superplexed off the second rope. Snow with a flying cross body. Takes out Regal into
0: the cover. But no, no Regal managing to kick out. Uh, and a huge DDT by Al Snow. Might have a chance, but no, again, Regal managing to get out of it. Or well, Regal stopped himself going into the corner. But the rebound, they butted heads. And Al Snow's uh, followers oh. trying to get the crowd
1: into it. One of them gets kneed off the edge of the ring apron, distracting Al Snow.
0: And now Al Snow might be caught. Cool. Regal cutter going for the cover two. And And the Regal regime Has begun (laughs) Yeah we have a new commissioner In town In William Regal (laughs) (laughs) William Regal Wins the match Uh, Again not bad chemistry with Al Snow Oh Regal no Leave him alone Do it do it do it No A half suplex there To Al Snow's little follower Well Regal there has a, He's smirking, Dan.
1: No, James, he hasn't got a cigarette in his gob. He's got a smile on his face because he's just been the first man to suplex a little person in God knows how long.
0: Well, Regal there uh, celebrating at his best.
1: Well, looking to make his WrestleMania in style, he gave himself an IC title match versus Chris Jericho and had a lovely spot of pee.
0: This is one of your favourite feuds, Dan. What do you like about it the most? I,
1: I just think, you know, it's kind of... it It's... A scene that makes fun of William Regal, but, you know, where it it kind of, I, I don't know, it kind of dampens the character of Regal, but it still, you know, you can't see what Regal can do in a wrestling ring. You know, it's kind of seriousness and silliness all in one
0: whole sentiment, which is yeah. great. I think without a doubt. And uh, childish, yeah, but Regal makes it work. Um And it would not be remiss not to remind everyone of perhaps the most bizarre match of Regal's career at Backlash 2001. Operating as a heel, he faced Chris Jericho in a match performed under the Duchess of Queenbury rules. Of course, the only people who knew the rules were the Duchess, who was at ringside, and Regal. So this is the Duchess.
2: Oh, put that down. It's disgusting.
3: Excuse me, Duchess of Queensbury. Duchess, excuse me, Your Majesty, I was wondering if you could please enlighten us on the rules of the Duchess of Queensbury rules match that's going to take place here tonight. I beg your pardon, but who are you? Your Highness, I'm Jonathan Coachman from the World Wrestling Federation, and I was just wondering if you could tell our worldwide audience what the rules are for the match tonight.
2: Ah, yes, it's really very simple. In order to win...
3: You don't have to answer that. This man's a commoner. Coachman, you should know better. Badgering the Duchess like that, who do you think you are? Well, Commissioner Riggle, you told me earlier, once the Duchess arrived, I could ask her any question I wanted to about... Rubbish! I said no such thing. Now, you better be gone with yourself, sunshine. I'll sure be back calling potato sack races in Kansas City or wherever you're from. Go and bugger off! Bugger off! Your ladyship,
2: I apologise for these commoners, but I appreciate you very much coming to watch my match tonight when you go out there don't forget dear don't look anyone in the eye because all of these people they're insanely jealous of your beautiful good looks okay thank you take care of the gentleman please enjoy yourself dear
0: I always like hearing Regal say bugger and I don't think that's a real duchess you know um, but let's just have a look at the, the, the feud because we talk about the feud between Chris Draco and William Regal and how it all became about oh! of the Regal Regime!
3: Good God, Regal! Would you please shut the hell up! You listen to me, sunshine. I will not have a little toe rug like you. Come out here and besmirch me. And now Regal has made this match. Jericho versus entire right to censor. This is nothing more than punishment. It's a match set up by Commissioner Regal. Handicapped table match. Dudley's and Y2J. Here's a three down! Oil, a Commissioner's G! Don't think for one moment, Chris Jericho, you are getting away lightly. Oh no. Because you will face me, your Commissioner William Regal, in a Duchess of Queensbury Rules match.
0: So what do you think of that promo, Dan?
1: Yeah, absolutely brilliant promo. Um, again, it's silly and serious, all in the same promo. You know, and uh, William Regal being kind of like the commissioner, setting Jericho up in all these all various stipulations of matches. And, you know, and then challenging Chris Jericho to a Queensbury rules match, which no one knows rules to, James. No. Only himself... And the Duchess.
0: Well, the crazy stipulation involved no submissions after Jericho made Regal tap. And no disqualification after Regal hit Jericho with a chair. And the match was scheduled for. So Jericho's not sure what's going on. The Duchess it's... saying, this, I know what's going on.
1: Yep, so things happen and Jericho, like here's a bell or see something. Or expects uh, Regal to be disqualified. Or expects to win by submission. The Queen's re uh, Well, the Duchess. Whispers into uh, the announcers or the referees here and says, no, 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 this isn't what happened.
0: And now Jericho going in the attack of Regal. Oh, wait a minute. Got the scepter off uh, the Duchess. He's been Disqualified. So that's over then. The match is over. No, the
1: match is no disqualification. So hitting someone with a scepter is allowed.
0: And Jericho may be out. Regal throws him in. Going for the cover. One, two. No,
1: Jericho manages to kick out.
0: Ah. Uh-huh. And the commissioner is not very happy. And again, he's finding himself in a place now where he started off, he kind of low mid cards, and now he's kind of higher with Jericho, who's you know a huge star at this point in time. There's no doubt Regal is wrestling at his best at the moment as well.
1: It's Jericho over back elbow and waves to his loyal adorning fans. Double underhook suplex there by Regal into a cover it's a two count.
0: Two. And Regal now getting frustrated that Jericho still got fight left in him.
1: What else can he do to manipulate the rules of this match? Back suplex, but Jericho lands on his feet. Regal catches the foot, but Jericho with a
0: lovely step up into Seguri. Well, now both men down. and Jericho's not sure how he's going to get the victory. Now both men trading back to their feet. Jericho's in control now as he's
1: stomping the muddle and walking it dry in the corner. But there's no disqualification. It works for both men.
0: And Jericho now trying to build momentum. Put him away.
1: Well, I stomped a stomp to little Willie Regal. <laughs>
0: well, no submissions, but he can go low.
1: Baseball slide sends Regal headfirst <laughs> into uh, the lap of the
0: Duchess. And Regal can't believe it. He's in shock.
1: line on the outside. And now Jericho's taken out the Duchess's uh, heavies.
0: Oh, no. Now Jericho's got his hands on the Duchess. How dare you? How
1: dare you, sir? You can't besmirch royalty like that. She's Prince Andrew's fourth daughter.
0: And now Jericho oh my god, we see her bloomers.
1: Oh, that is just disgusting.
0: And Jericho's got the walls of Jericho in.
1: And a chair shot to the back of the head.
0: Well oh, Regal snap now. Multiple chair shots to the back of Jericho. You
1: don't put hands on royalty into a cover. Two, three. Yeah. And Ooh. Regal picks up a victory in the first, last and only duchess of queensbury rules match
0: yeah how very very strange but how very enjoyable like i said regal can be serious and he can still do the kind of funny looks and uh, stay in the character that he does and uh, it's very very enjoyable enjoyable silly but fun
1: well during the invasion storyline regal turned face as he remained the wwf commissioner During the WCW-ECW Alliance storyline, Regal seemed to be the most popular he had ever been, playing an important role in helping the WWF, leading to Raw and Angle versus Stone Cold for the WWF title.
0: Yeah, so we go to Monday Night Raw, and during this time, I mean... The Invasion is one of your favourite angles, isn't it, Dan, at this point?
1: Absolutely. It's always my go-to when I want to watch pay-per-view.
0: So basically ECW and WCW formed, uh, joined forces after being bought by Shane and Stephanie to fight the WF with uh, Vincent McMahon. Of course, Austin has betrayed them at Invasion and joined WCW and was their champion up until Kurt Angle defeated them Unforgiven, leading to a rematch here in October. And Regal has stood up for uh, multiple people as well. During this time, you can see Austin completely disrespectful of everybody in his path.
1: Austin matches heating up angles, starting to get a bit of control over Austin. A few lovely suplexes, looking for the free Germans.
0: Yeah, and Kurt during this time as well, you know, turned face. And he had been faced a lot, and we've seen the, the milk truck invasion and uh, everything else that he was doing. So he was getting really, really popular.
1: But Austin with a low blow kind of slows the complexion of this match down and turns things back in a Rattlesnake's favour. So we're doing a regal special, but we're watching Angle versus Austin.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just a great match. I thought we'd take a second just to see it all involved. You know, it's Austin now looking for the stunner.
1: Angle slam, but Austin evades it.
0: Oh, no. Austin
1: sends Angle into shirt Steeler Hebner. He's out of the ring.
0: And now Austin sees the uh, opportunity... And this Austin is not like the Stone Cold that we love. It's not the old Stone Cold. This is the new Austin. But no. William Regal standing in the way, refusing to
1: let Austin use a title belt on the head of Angle. Well, and can... he manages to snatch it from the grip of the rattlesnake.
0: Well, the commissioner is not going to take shit for anybody, including Stone Cold. That's one thing Regal will not do. Oh. Well, he just
1: did it and planted Angle in the face with a title.
0: What have you done, Regal? You're the commissioner of WWF. Regal just betrayed the World Wrestling Federation.
1: As he gets shirt Hebner back to his feet, this just is, in
0: time. This is just, this is awful. Oh, Hebner with a cover. One, no. two, no.
1: Angle manages
0: to kick out. Uh.
1: And the face of Regal says it all.
0: <laughs> Regal's and Austin's master plan. Austin has lost his shit. Angle's giving it everything. Stop. Oh, Austin in the cover.
1: One, two, three,
0: and look at the Look on Willie Regal's face as he costs—he screws the W.F. and costs Kurt Angle the W.W.F. Championship. Dan, what a huge moment! We talk about Willie Regal being involved in in lower mid-card matches, being involved in a, a, a massive point in the Invasion storyline. Yes, and
1: unfortunately for Regal, that's the only time he had his hands on a WWF championship. But no, you know, he did play a big pivotal part in that, and kind of, he, he, you know, he was the focal point of the storyline, you know. Oh, William Regal, he's stopping uh, Austin from hitting Angle. Shit, he's hitting Kurt Angle with a title.
0: And that's what's fucked up about it. Well, he was fired as commissioner by Linda McMahon, but Shane McMahon, who was the owner of WCW, hired him as the Alliance's commissioner.
1: Well after the Alliance was defeated at Survivor Series C- two thousand and one, Regal was forced to become the first member of Vince McMahon's Kiss My Ass Club by kissing McMahon's buttocks so he could keep his job.
0: Well, two thousand and two though was arguably the biggest year of Regal's career.
1: Oh at the Royal Rumble he faced Edge for the Intercontinental title.
0: And here we go, January twentieth. So Regal, during this time, he's had to pay, you know, the pipe of McMahon and kiss his ass, but now he's in a slightly higher position as he has been before as he comes out here.
1: And again, solid Regal. He's opening the show. He's kind of on the, in the kickoff match as it were. And, you know, he's setting a tone for the
0: rest of the pay-per-view. And again, facing someone the people might not know, you know, someone like Edge, the rated R superstar during this time as well. So it's a vital point because Regal's the kind of veteran in this one and helping Edge kind of carve out a niche as the Intercontinental champion. And of course, Neil Patrick, uh, Robert Yeah, half a name anyway. Nick Patrick, that's it. He's looking for the brass nuts at ringside. That Regal has been, um, well, I I don't think he has because I believe Regal has got the power of the punch.
1: Most certainly, yes. All British people have.
0: So again, we talk about the plethora of people that he's faced and he's getting to face Edge at a Royal Rumble. Absolutely, and not only that, for the Intercontinental Championship as well. When Edge is not happy, and of course he was double through and through during the invasion storyline, so he's going to have issues with Regal even predating this. And William Regal certainly is getting thoroughly checked
1: by the referee. Oh. Oh,
0: and what's, what's the referee found?
1: Is that old oh Willie? Uh, oh, oh, hang on a minute. Oh, God. Oh. No. Someone must have planted them brass knuckles in his trunks. There? Well, while well, uh, Regal was arguing with the referee, Edge managed to attack from behind and get the upper hand on Regal.
0: Nice couple of clotheslines now. Edge, Irish whip. High back body drop. And Edge looks great at this point as well. You know, this is before his neck injury just broken off from Edge and Christian, of course, as well. And again, a young buck in Regal's kind of experience and kind of walking through matches and telling him how to put things together.
1: Indeed, yes. uh, I had a wrestling figure, I'm sure, of Edge (laughs) with them exact trunks on.
0: Figures, we've got wrestling figure of William Regal, of course, that you've seen on our uh, Twitter uh celebrating with the WR podcast there as regal now has never, never kind of uh, negated his own style he's always kind of been similar he's changed it up a little bit now in wwe but it's still kind of the same things that he was doing if you're not know, really kind of strikes and the, the way that he works it's just so clever to kind of adapt to that as well some people just refuse it you know
1: absolutely well you get wrestlers that have kind of got their own um repertoires you know their own move set that they use But I think with William Regal, he kind of adapts to who he's facing, which I I think that tells you a lot about a wrestler. You know, if it's a high flyer, if it's a power striker, if it's, you know, just just an all-rounder, that he can kind of go against all of them, still use, you know, very similar
0: base moves, but kind of adapt whatever else he uses. When you think this is 10 years on from his... uh... WCW debut and you think that, and that's short, I say short space of time because 10 years is obviously a long time but to change, I mean it, the wrestling world changed drastically didn't it from 92 to 2002 as well and we are just, you know, the attitude here is, is, is literally on its last legs at this point moving forward to ruthless aggression and Regal's been a consistency during all that, even the NWO days, you know, Regal was a part of that and you know, that we've seen As he tries to break the face of Edge with a suplex. Goes for a cover but only gets a two count. Two.
1: And again, back into a cover. And his covering style still hasn't changed. You know, he doesn't hook the leg. He'd rather put his uh, wrist tape in your face, grind it across your nose, kind of causing you more pain there.
0: But Regal, at this point in time, you know, maybe he's got to to, uh, take time to adapt because he was commissioner for uh, quite a long time in a position of power. Then he found himself again... At the bottom, but at that point, he was higher up in the card in a certain sense, and that's why it's easy to go against Edge. But to still be involved, as now working the submission on Edge, and again with pay per views, Regal can adapt his style a little bit more and have more of that.
1: Strength of Edge managing to uh, turn a double underhook suplex round, but Regal still holds on, even though kind of Edge got the upper hand. Delivers a butterfly powerbomb
0: into a cover, but Edge managing to kick out. Uh Oh. Regal now looking for a shot and a huge left hand. There's one thing Regal has managed to do in all of his matches that we've seen. Even with Goldberg, has managed to smother his opponent and not let them wrestle their style. Absolutely, yeah. You now Regal's got Edge on the apron. And Edge, DDT and Regal on the apron. I was just about to say about the fans as well. The fact is like that they might not be making a lot of noise, but they're watching. But again, it's because of the way Regal's wrestling. They, when Edge does his moves and they want to be invested in that. And it's not boring, but they obviously they're not happy about Regal being in control.
1: Absolutely. Well, you know, being the heel that he is, they kind of want the big hero to win it.
0: And the referee there allowing the count, even though it was all sorts of wrong.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, well, just kind of going with emotions, I think, the referee. Well, William Regal managed to save himself anyway. Stops himself going into the corner. And again, that's a very good Regal bump that he does. Puts his foot up, stops himself going into the corner, clashes heads with his opponent.
0: And now both men down as referee's counting. I think
1: it's Regal's equivalent to a double cross body. Or like a double clothesline, you know, taking each other.
0: There's Regal now trying to get to his feet.
1: Exchange of forearms. Edge getting the upper hand. A running forearm from Edge. Spinning heel kick. Lovely suplex into a cover. No. no
0: just a two count. Two. And Edge now fitting his way into this match. And Regal now just trying to... Takes his time. Picks his shot. Very violent looking suplex
1: from Regal. Edge responds with a clothesline from the corner.
0: Both men now struggling to get to their feet. And Edge is looking to maybe put Regal away. execution time. Ah, Regal manages to evade it. Looking for the Regal stretch. Got it locked in. And the submission that's won him. The European Championship of the past and TV titles. Maybe will it now win him an Intercontinental championship. As Edge struggling... Well, they're just trying to drag himself to the bottom rope. Just gets there. Well, Regal now just stretching out, making sure he gets the full extent of the count. A drop-toe hold by Edge. And Edge now with well, Regal stretch, maybe not as nicely applied as what Regal had it. Meaning Regal can get to the bottom rope quite quickly. And the purple lips of Regal in serious trouble.
1: From behind, bounce him off the ropes, roll up by Edge. Two. No.
0: no, just a two count. Two. Edge can't put Regal away. Now look at go up, take advantage. And Regal now just stopping him from going up. The huge forearm shots and Regal uses everything. He's talk about palm strikes, talk about straight left hands, talk about elbows, shoulders, uh, knees. Edge. Oh my God. Regal looking
1: for a suplex. Edge pushing him off. Spinning heel kick from the top. And that was impressive from
0: Edge. Hit Regal right in the face. But what's Regal looking for now?
1: I think he might have hurt his gonads.
0: Well, he's searching. He's got the brass knuckles in his hand. I don't see anything. Edge looking for the spear.
1: Oh. Oh. Referee gets put in the way as a buffer. I think the referee was standing far too close to Regal when that move hit. Silly referee putting himself in that kind of position.
0: But Edge doesn't know. Regal's still got the brass knuckles in his hand. Oh what brass knuckles? I don't see any brass knuckles. Well he does now. What's he popped us back down to his trunks then? He, I think, Actually, he, I think his I think his I think his
1: tip kind of come out a bit. <laughs> well he was just tucking it back in.
0: If you will, a huge left hand there has looked to knock Edge out as he goes for the cover. That seems more legit. Referee, can he turn into the count? What? No, I said count. Ah. And here we go, Regal. Referee now, one, one, two, three. And we have a new intercontinental champion. It's our man who's won the biggest championship to date at this point in time, you would say, the IC title for Regal. Dan, what are your thoughts on the match and the moment?
1: Yeah, absolutely brilliant. You know, uh, beforehand in WCW, he was looking at um, Sir William kind of helping Regal out with the matches, uh, getting involved. Hitting people and, you know, doing untoward things to their opponents.
0: But now Regal's right hand man is his uh, power of the punch. Without a shadow of a doubt, he gets the job done. And I think it's quite a good encounter, to be fair, to start us off at the Rumble. And a surprise, you know, Regal beating someone like Edge, you would think maybe uh, is a surprise. But of course, the, the way he did it, Michael Cole How can you do it? <laughs> well, he's thanking God that uh, he's been blessed with the power of the punch and regal is your new intercontinental champion we're using a set of brass knuckles to knock out edge an action that would become a trademark of regal's character he defended the title against edge had no way out in a brass knuckles on a pole match. he lost
1: the title to rob van dam at wrestlemania 18 the same week he beat ddp for the wwf european championship on the 21st of March episode of Smackdown.
0: See, so he wasn't without gold for too long and Regal lost the European Championship despite Dudley in the 8th April episode of Raw.
1: He regained the championship from Dudley on the 6th of May episode of Raw to become a four-time champion.
0: Well, throughout April, Regal would also hold the WF Hardcore Championship five times with all these reigns coming at non-televised house shows. Regal entered the
1: 2002 King of the Ring tournament, but lost to Booker T in the qualifiers.
0: Well, Regal later lost European talk to Jeff Hardy in July, making Regal the anti-penultimate champion as the championship was tied later in the year.
1: Un-American.
0: Well, he joined the Un-Americans in an anti-American alliance consisting of Canadian wrestlers Lance Storm, Christian and Tess. Tess. Yes, that was Tess on the second September episode of Raw.
1: Uh, Unforgiven, the
0: Un-Americans lost to
1: Bubba Ray Dudley, Kane and Booker T and Goldust.
0: Well, on the 30th September episode of Raw, every member of the Un-Americans lost their matches, causing the group to separate late in the night and break away into separate groups. Regal began teaming with Lance Storm. On the 30th September
1: episode of Raw, both Christian and Storm lost matches to Randy Orton, while Regal and Test, Test, This Is Test, lost to Rob Van Dam and Tommy Dreamer, led to all four members attacking each other, thus disbanding the team.
0: And we move on Storm and Regal Challenge for the WWE World Tag Team Championships against Booker T and Goldust on the 6th of January 2003 episode of Raw. So it's been quite uh, a trophy-laden time for William Regal, really, in 2002 when you think about holding the Hardcore Championship European and, of course, Intercontinental. And now he's got a chance to actually win a tag team as well, which is kind of... uh, He's already beaten... What do you think is more successful at this moment? Is WSW Run... We held the, the TV title four times or at this moment in time where Intercontinental Champion, you know, European Champion, being Commissioner? I think um, after who he beat, I think the Intercontinental Champion
1: and European Champion and Commissioner is kind of uh, a lot more prestigious.
0: Yeah, he certainly found his place here and that's what uh, you can see Regal now. Maybe, you know, becoming a bit of a veteran and, and becoming in a tag team helps that because you've got someone like Lance Storm who's a tremendous athlete, you know, if I could be serious for a minute. The problem is, was maybe a little bit of uh, personality lacking. And that's something that Regal has in abundance that we've seen, no matter what role he's in. And I like to say, tag team match and raw, he's going to give it in you know, 110%. What about the team of Booker T and Goldust, Dan? What are your thoughts on them, looking back on the history?
1: Um, I thought it was quite a comedic team, obviously. Uh, Booker T, certainly uh, an out there character. But, you know, he's not without talent. He's not without ability. Uh, and teaming with Goldust, who is just absolute batshit crazy, I think the pairing worked. Especially, like, the segments it, uh, and skits that these two guys was involved in as well.
0: Well, I think we talk about skits, you know, and like Goldust at this time was delivering gold with Gullah Booker T. And, and William Regal could hold his own as well. And that's what kind of made him so uh, funny with all the backstage commissioner. We didn't even mention, kind of, Tijiri at this moment in time. When he was uh, working with him, but you know that was so funny. At WrestleMania 17, when he's uh, his Kamala's on the on his desk, isn't he? And he's going, "Don't rub the what the, the, rub uh, the Kamala,
1: what?
0: don't uh, no, I don't want to rub
1: the stars and moon on your belly." <laughs>
0: <laughs> now Regal's been there with Goldust. Of course, we've seen these men in singles action. Let's hope uh, Kane doesn't come out. We got Eric Bischoff watching intently backstage. I mean, all four of these competitors,
1: they was once in WCW. Booker T, the more kind of championship-laden of the lot of them. I think he's the only one to hold a heavyweight championship.
0: Yeah, at least four. And this is the thing with Booker, and he went along the right way. The same with Regal, because, yeah, he started off strong with the invasion. But after that, had to kind of pick himself back up again. Like during this time, teaming with gold, that's for the tag team titles, Intercontinental Champion, till finally getting the King gimmick. And it's kind of weird, of course, with winning Regal in there as well. And you know, both King of the Ring winners. But at this point in 2003, you know, is Booker T the biggest star of this match? At this, you know, with William Regal involved. Of course, we that.
1: I l- would say, you know, um, especially with uh, history on his side as well—five time, five time, five time, five time, five time, WCW
0: champion. And this is the thing: William Regal's found his niche now. He's got kind of upper mid card. You know, can challenge for the kind of championship. You know, involved in the tag team at this moment in time. <laughs>
1: but you know, looking in on this, I think. Um, all these guys have kind of reached their ceiling, you know. They're never going to be higher than Intercontinental or Tag Team Championship material. But then, you know, Booker T obviously went on to surpass that a bit
0: later on. No I doubt. And Regal's kind of, you know, he knows about tag teams because of the blue blood days in WCW. So he's definitely kind of well versed in how to do it. And like I said, it might be taking a toll on his, body, on his body and he just wants to kind of, you know, not slow it down, but have someone else helping him out.
1: Well, you know, the difference is, is um, none of these four guys, they take a lot of risks. You know, if if you're looking at something like a, a Jeff Hardy or an Edge, you know, they've kind of taken a lot of risk throughout their career, uh, shortened them by years. But, you know, with these four guys in particular, they, they haven't, you know, they've not bumps off the top of cages, you know, they're kind of not doing flips off the top rope, um, you know, they're not doing anything outlandish. So, yeah, you know, I think and, that's
0: the longevity of it. And like you said, with the injuries as well, not any of them have suffered, you know, kind of injuries that have had to take a few months out, you know, it, they've been quite lucky with that. that oh, I think Booker T's never had the kind of major surgery, I think he was saying as well.
1: Major surgery, I think you were saying as well.
0: I think I might be wrong about that, but, you know, and someone like Lance Storm, I'm sure, you know, I know he retired um, young, but I think at that point he was training people, called Lance Storm Academy, and Goldust is still wrestling to this day, so...
1: Well, would you have thought that Goldust would be the only one kind of still wrestling
0: to this point? No, you would think at this point they would all be possibly retired. I mean, like I said, this is 17 years ago now as we watch this.
1: And all of these are about 10 years into their career. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> with Re- obviously, we know Regal. I mean, with, like I said, 11 years now working in America, with it's or WWF. And now Booker T trying to get to his corner for Goldust.
1: Manages to get the tag. Goldust comes in and he's on fire, fire, baby. I don't think you've ever said that about <laughs> Dusty Road son. Inverted atomic drop takes down Regal. A
0: lovely power slam to stop. Oh, but Regal in there to stop it. Now Booker T pushing Regal up to the turnbuckle. And here we go. See. We saw this in his very first match. The Irish ripping into the opponents and they're repeating it now. A uh, lovely
1: double-team manoeuvre there from Booker T and Goldust, but William Regal up. And instead of kicking the opponent, he kicks the ref in the chest. That's Regal for you. Booker T eliminates Storm from the Royal Rumble. Both men crumple to the mats below.
0: And you can hear JL's voice calling for a disqualification. I think he kicked the arm to stop the count. I mean, that's what, I've never seen that before, and that was brilliant by Regal.
1: Well, back from commercial break, Lance Storm has Booker T in the corner.
0: Irish reverse reverses Storm. The boot up in the corner. Comes running into a spine buster though. We see a replay what happened before the break. Oh, look what happened. So during the break, Sean Morley came out. They look this with short hair. And he's the referee now and he looks to be all right. Oh, my God.
1: Well, Booker T with an errant kick there takes down Chief Morley. Bookend.
0: Bookend. Well, they're counting and he's got him. But the referees are down. Here comes the third ref.
1: One, two. No, Storm managing to kick out.
0: Uh And it's old Nick Patrick who's been involved in many a Regal match. Now Goldust's got Storm in the corner.
1: Looking to shatter some dreams, but I think William Regal came in and interrupted that. And Lance Storm managing to make a U-turn. Escape
0: from Goldust right into the
1: waiting path of Regal.
0: And a huge clothesline there from uh, from Regal rocking Goldust. So much so that he hurt himself. And again, we talk about the selling of Regal. It sells that move by saying, "Look, if I did that to myself, what happened to Goldust and Storm looking to pin him? No, just a two count.
1: Two, two. Gold Dug's in the wrong part. Gold Doug. Gold Dust is in the right part of town now. As uh, Lance Storm and Regal are kind of making quick tags, wearing down Goldust.
0: And well, now Storm's got the submission in, stopping Goldust from getting to his corner.
1: But Goldust managing to fight out. Takes off, fights off Storm. Takes out Regal. Can he crawl to the waiting hand of Booker?
0: Well, Storm holding on, but Goldust kicks him off. And now he tags in Booker.
1: who comes in and he's on fire, baby.
0: And Booker now left and rights to Storm and Regal.
1: Second hot tag for the team of Booker T and Goldust. Booker's fighting everyone off. Slaps and chops to Lance Storm in the corner. Irish whip reversed. Booker jumping over Storm. One man flapjack.
0: Are we going to see it from Booker?
1: Here we go. The most devastating move in WWF history. Rooney. Scissors kick to the back of the head. No, this is it. One, what?
0: two, no. Chief Morley. Well, to be fair, Chief Morley was the for Nick Patrick. Oh, Regal. Power of the punch. To Booker and Goldust. Putting Storm across Booker T. One, two, three. Oh, my God. And William Regal <laughs> is a tag team champion. And just look how excited he is. <laughs> well, him and Lance Storm have won the gold. And finally, after all the times and attempts with Blue to get the job done now, finally in his career, after what, over a decade, getting it with Lance Storm. What a moment. What do you think of the match, Dan?
1: Yeah, I thought it was
0: good. Um, you know, again, the brass nuts come into
1: play. Uh the dodgy referee come into play. I think it was a few things. They're all, uh, all working in Regal's favour. And eventually, you know, he did overcome all the uh, the obstacles in his way to become a tag champion.
0: And it is Regal gave that to his team and credit to Regal there. Unfortunately, they lost the championships to the Dudleys at the Royal Rumble on the 19th of January but they regained the championships the next night in Raw thanks to an impromptu match set up by Chief Morley after Regal and Storm have put Bubba through a table.
1: At uh, No Way Out on the 23rd of February Regal and Storm defeated Kane and Rob Van Dam to retain the title in what would be his last match for over a year.
0: So just have a look at this match because uh, the clip is William Regal getting injured in this matchup and it's so kind of um, inconsequential, that you don't really notice it. It's when Kane slams him in just a minute. We're watching it just uh, mid-match. And it looks kind of normal, but then Regal's kind of out. It's quite a stiff slam. And he's just kind of limp at this moment in time, and Regal can't really get his bearing.
1: Kane being very gentle with
0: him as well. In those last storms to get in, and then Regal kind of just like fades down there. You can see he's kind of dazed, can't he? You can see yeah. he's not really with it. And um, like we said, he'd, uh, he continues the match and Kane and Lance Storm win. But like I said, with the injury, there's nothing really there. In the 2005 autography, Regal recalls having swelling all over his body, high heart rate and trouble sleeping in the lead up to the match. During the match, he suffered a concussion and was briefly knocked unconscious.
1: Over the next few days, Regal's health worsened and he consulted a doctor who was informed that he had contracted a heart parasite from a WWE Tour of India in November 2002. This, coupled with the aforementioned concussion, kept him out of action for the rest of the
0: return.
1: Regal returned after a one-year absence on the fifth of April, two thousand and four, episode of Raw. Upon his return, Raw general manager Eric Bischoff appointed him the guardian of a mentally challenged nephew Eugene. Regal initially refused, but was demanded to do so in order to be reinstated to the active roster.
0: Well, initially annoyed at having to babysit Eugene, Regal eventually grew very fond of him and they became friends, becoming a face in the process. On the 10th of May episode of Raw, Bischoff told Regal to sabotage Eugene's match so he will quit with embarrassment in return for Regal being reinstated. Despite reluctantly tripping Eugene, he still managed to defeat his opponent. Regal was eventually reinstated on the 21st June episode of Raw
1: before being put in a match with Kane at Bischoff's behest. Which Regal lost after being knocked out by Kane.
0: Well, in June, Regal was inserted into a feud with Evolution after the group's leader, Triple H, tried to convince Eugene that Regal was secretly plotting against him.
1: After weeks of manipulation, Evolution turned on and attacked Eugene on the 12th of July episode of Raw, much to Regal's dismay.
0: Well, they would continue to talk, Triple H and Code would continue to torment Regal and Eugene. And in the 9th August episode of Raw, Regal was kidnapped and brutalized by Triple H in order to gain an advantage against Eugene. At SummerSlam, Regal
1: assisted Eugene in his match against Triple H by attacking his manager Ric Flair. However, Eugene was still ultimately lose.
0: Well, in September, Regal team with Crispin Martin's Feet Evolution members Batista and Ric Flair at Unforgiven.
1: Regal and Eugene challenged for the World Tag Team Championships versus La Resistance on 15th November episode of Raw. <coughs>
0: So we see Rhino and Tijeri one of the teams as well, along with Eugene and Regal. La resistance can't believe us. I mean, looking back at it, what a clusterfuck the tag team division was at certain points during this time. The kind of oddball teams. Don't get me wrong. What are your thoughts on Eugene and Regal and their relationship? Because I really enjoyed it. I thought their relationship was good.
1: I didn't like the kind of character that Eugene was portraying. I thought that was a bit um, insensitive, so to speak. Yeah. Um, la resistance... Never really liked him, didn't like him, hated him at all. Uh, Rhino
0: and um, Tajiri. That's just an oddball couple, isn't it, really? <laughs> it really is. It's like, oh, you were both an ECW. That makes sense, then. Uh, but it's weird that Regal, by association, uh, Tajiri, of course, that you know, during his commissioner days, and with Eugene, and Rhino's the one that injured him uh, and made him into the real man-man gimmick for, during that time in 1998. So. There's a lot of history there, and again, Regal looking to get tag team gold with his uh, partner here tonight. So is Rob
1: Conway part of La Resistance, or is it uh, Sylvian Gland? No, it's
0: uh, Sylvain Gagné is Garnier, on the apron. That is the Rob Con- Rob Conway. Renee is no, not part of this. Uh, iteration of La Resistance.
1: Because Rob Conway joined them because he was a French synthesizer he or something He did like.
0: indeed. And Rhino is as wide as Suduri is long. Remember that as well.
1: Yes. Oh, yes. I had to make this ring actually a lot wider. So Rhino could fit
0: in it. The entrance way as well is is Rhino reinforced.
1: But this is a terrible tag team division. Like
0: that, then again, has WWE ever really cared about their tag team division? When you really think about it, all the talent left out at certain points. I mean, when is the best time for the tag team division? It's for me, it's still the mid
1: '80s. Yeah, I'll probably agree with that.
0: Oh, then again, early. Nor- I mean, with Edge and Christian, Hardys, Dudleys. There oh, you go. Eugene's just got the tag in. And Regal's looking at his two best friends are going to fight each other.
1: Very innovative pin there by Tajiri. Aeroplane spin. No, Tajiri to backslide into a cover.
0: So, <laughs> so who was the better um, sidekick for William Regal? Was it Tajiri? I mean, because they both kind of played the same thing. It was like with Tajiri, it was a foreigner didn't really understand stuff, and then Regal got, kind of grew accustomed to his ways. The same with Eugene. Who do you think worked better?
1: Um, I think Tajiri.
0: I was going to say to Jerry as well, just because I think that, that when you talk oddball, there's got to be a reasoning behind it. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it seems that in that way. So,
1: you know, I do kind of like the way him and Eugene got together. You know, he was
0: reluctantly forced
1: into mentoring Eugene, but then he kind of grew accustomed to him. And, you know, it's like, oh, that's quite sweet. It's just the character that was portrayed, I think, is highly insensitive.
0: But the thing is, of course, it's insensitive, but... It was. It did get really popular during this time. Let's not forget, you had a match with Triple H at SummerSlam in this year. So I think the fans were kind of behind it. I think it's a shame for Nick Dinsmore, the guy that played Eugene, because apparently he was one of the top guys in uh, Ohio Valley Wrestling during the time. You know, when um, the 2002 class and stuff like just after, he was the kind of standout, and he got portrayed in this gimmick. And of course, even now in the independents, he's probably he's still doing Eugene stuff, which is.
1: Yeah, you but know, it's kind of what people want to see, but it's not what he wants to do. Yeah. But you know, I remember he'd kind of get a little shake on and that, and he'd kind of imitate his favorite wrestlers. He'd go well Hulk Hogan or Shawn Michaels or The Rock. Yeah, at Points yeah, yeah. in time, <clears throat> I think he even hit a stunner a couple of times.
0: Oh well, yeah, he loved doing that, and he lands on his feet from a monkey flip, and Conway gets a tag. Rob Conway was, I think, NWA World Heavyweight Champion after he left WWE. Of course, cool, so was Rhino. Let's not forget about that during this time. And now Tajiri with Conway. We have not seen any Regal yet in this match. Well, La
1: Resistance constantly tagging in and out while they got Tajiri down in the corner. Oh, I really hated La Lover-
0: Resistance. And Rhino's in now. He's on fire, baby. And he's going to spear Sylvain Grosje. This could be it. No, he spears a tackle instead. Goes for the cover. Conway grabs hold of the leg. And Rhino and Tajiri have been eliminated. So now we've got an all match. Here comes Regal, going to roll up. Oh no, looking for the cover, but Gagne managing to uh, get out of it. Ah, uh-huh. and Regal. No, I tell you what, he's working now against you know guys so young. And he's having to the majority of the uh, heavy. I'm sure he doesn't mind. And it's still the style of Regal. I love it, even in tag teams. You can see.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, I, that's one thing I do admire about him. He doesn't change things up. He doesn't. Kind of go too far away from his wheelhouse. He's always got everything, you know, things to back up.
0: Uh-oh. And Eugene now, we've seen this before. Exciting up, but then he gets his legs swept. And Regal now talks to the referee as la resistance. Double teaming Eugene. The worst double team imaginable as well.
1: A front and back close. Line.
0: Eugene now gets uh, shoulder up as he's getting worked on. <clears throat> and look at Regal on the apron now. Getting into it. wanting the tag from Eugene has been beaten up. These past few minutes.
1: Eugene doing his best to fight back. Regal gets knocked off the apron. This is kind of enticing him to get back in. Eugene manages back.
0: Oh. Rock bottom. And now that gives Eugene a chance to get to Regal. Who we don't really see face Regal. We've seen a lot of heel Regal on here. Uh, But face Regal, I think definitely works. I think fans can get behind him. There's something likeable about Regal that doesn't always show.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I think that is uh, very much the case with Regal.
0: And he gets a tag and he's on fire, baby.
1: Has he got England written on the back of his shirt? Yeah. yeah. Brilliant.
0: And a huge back elbow and a suplex there to Conway. But Gronier. Oh, they're going to look to double team. Oh. Well, no, it backfires as Regal moves out of the way from the uh, the flag
1: prod to the midsection.
0: Oh, a huge knee by Regal. Going for the cover. No, wait a minute. Regal wants Eugene to get it. Are oh, you're going to see the Eugene's elbow. And here he comes. Boom. Hits it. In the cover. One, two, three. And there you go. Eugene and William Regal are your new tag team champions. Dan, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, The match was quite awful, to be honest. Um, You know, I'm not a fan of La Resistance. I'm not a fan of the Eugene character. Uh, Ryan Owen to jury. I think they was kind of eliminated a bit. Moronically as well, Um,
0: nah. But a feel-good moment. The fans popped off and regal celebrations again with Eugene are absolutely brilliant and it's nice to see here. And hopefully they can have a nice, successful run.
1: Well, however, at New Year's Revolution on the 9th of January 2005, Eugene injured himself during their tag title defence against Christian and Tyson Tomko. Although they although they successfully retained the titles, Eugene would be out of action for over six months.
0: Well, this ultimately cost them the tag team championship as Regal lost the titles back to La Resistance on the 16th January house show in Winnipeg, Canada, when announced a Jonathan Coachman as Eugene's replacement. On the 7th of
1: February episode of Raw, Regal teamed with former tag partner Tajiri Jerry to reclaim the titles.
0: Well, in the following week, Raw T- Regal to Jerry faced La Resistance in a rematch for the titles, which they won. And during March and April, Regal and Tajiri defended the title successfully
1: against the likes of La Resistance multiple times, Maven and Simon Dean, Hurricane and Rosie, and the Heartthrobs. This would lead to a tag team turmoil match involving the aforementioned teams at Backlash on the 1st of May. Regal and Tajiri were eliminated by La Resistance, who in turn were eliminated by Hurricane and Rosie,
0: who became the new tag team champions. But Regal and Jury appeared at ECW's one-night stand as anti-ECW Crusaders, led by Eric Bischoff. At the end of the show, Regal and other Crusaders would engage in a brawl with ECW alumni led by Stone Cold Steve Austin, in which the Crusaders were soundly beaten. Stuck in lower mid-card. On the 3rd of June, Regal was sent to SmackDown as part of an 11-person trade during the draft.
1: His first full match as part of the roster was a loss to Chris Benoit, in a catch-wrestling match on the 16th of July episode of Velocity.
0: While Paul Burchill interfered to aid his countrymen, Regal went on to take Burchill under his wing and tag him on the hunt for the Tag Team Championships, but the team's biggest exposure was a loss in the handicap match against Bobby Lashley at Armageddon. On the 3rd of February 2006 episode of SmackDown,
1: Regal and Burchill split with Burchill becoming a pirate and started a rivalry with former teammate Regal. Who tried to convince Birchill to return to his ruthless ways? Regal lost to Birchill in his first match as a pirate.
0: <laughs> yes, right, as a pirate. Regal lost a rematch against Birchill with a match stipulation that Regal would have to dress like a buxom wench if he lost. Lady Regal, as SmackDown announced, jokingly referred to him, had to dress up like this until Birchill lost the match. This ended after Birchill abandoned him during a tag team loss to the Gemini. King's Court. Well, soon after Booker T became King Booker after being King of the Ring, Regal joined King Booker's court by playing the role of a town crier.
1: Regal was knighted by King Booker and was given the title of Sir.
0: Well, at no mercy, Regal lost to returning Chris Benoit, resulting in his turning his back on the court afterwards by knocking down King Booker, a punch to the face after Booker slapped him and called him useless. During the broadcast, Regal was involved in a backstage segment with Vito, in which he accidentally exposed his penis just for a brief second. 12 days after No Mercy, Regal stated that while he had
1: once been off the world's, being one of the world's greatest wrestlers, he has since become a doormat for other SmackDown wrestlers. He referred to being dressed as a bux and wench for a pirate, the aforementioned locker room incident with Vito and being knighted by a false king as examples.
0: Well, after announcing he was finished being a whipping boy, he introduced his old tag team partner, Dave Taylor, and the two went on to easily defeat the team of Scotty Tihotti and Funucky, though the pair reformed the previous tag Team, they did not reuse the blue blood gimmick and instead portrayed themselves as sadistic fighters. However, the team was quickly put into jeopardy in their second match together when Taylor suffered a torn meniscus in his left knee, leaving him injured. Well, Taylor took a more relaxed role for a couple of weeks
1: as cornerman for Regal and only wrestled in a few short house show matches. Taylor quickly healed from his injury and the pair feuded with WWE tag team champions Paul London and Brian Kendrick. After defeating London and Kendrick on several occasions at Armageddon, they took part in a four-way ladder match alongside Johnny Nitro, Joey Mercury, and the Hardys. London and Kendrick coming out on top after Joey Mercury suffered a serious facial injury. And that was absolutely (laughs) fucking brutal. Was it the Hardys that done it? Uh, Yeah, the the ladder slingshot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 25th
0: of May 2007 episode SmackDown, Regal and Taylor competed in a number one contendership match. For the tag team titles against London and Kendrick, which they lost after Deuce and Domino interfered, making both teams the number one contenders. This interference led to a triple threat match the next week on SmackDown, in which Deuce and Domino retained the championships.
1: On the 17th of June, Regal was drafted back to the Raw brand during a supplemental draft, ending his tag team with Dave Taylor.
0: On the 2nd of July, Regal served as interim general manager of RAW, filling in for Jonathan Coachman, while general manager Regal introduced a beat-the-clock sprint to RAW, which was used to determine who would challenge John Cena for the W Championship at the Great American Bash. On the 6th
1: August episode of RAW, Regal had the chance to become the new general manager in an over-the-top rope battle royal featuring other participants from the RAW roster.
0: So here we go, and let's try and name the talents that are no longer here or have been been fired long since... We can see Umanga. That uh, isn't that
1: Brian Kendrick just
0: gone? Used to say to him, I think that's Paul London, that just been chucked over. One of the Highlanders is gone. Super- Mr.
1: Kennedy's in there. Is that Sandman? <gasps> that is Sandman, yes. Yeah. Booker oh. T. That's JTG uh, just JTG, been on the yep. Shad Gaspard. Rest in peace, big man.
0: Yeah. Shelton Benjamin. Carlito. Oh, Booker T. Um, There's a couple I'm not sure of.
1: Oh, he teamed. Uh, oh, he... Is that Lance Cade? Yeah. Uh,
0: Jim Duggar. Oh!
1: oh, Booker's gone. <coughs> Kings loving it.
0: <laughs> well, Booker wasn't paying attention, and he will not be general manager. Cody Rhodes. Bloody hell. That's Cody. Colito's <coughs> in a bit of trouble. Oh. Is that Jamie Noble? Might not be. Kennedy, remember when he was something? Oh, Bloody hell. Shad's gone. Oh, Shad Gaspar's just been eliminated by Margaret. He's eliminated probably most of the field. Benjamin, hold on. William Regal is in this match, I assure you. Apparently. And Sandman eliminates Booger T. Words you never thought you'd hear. And the Highlanders.
1: Where is William Regal?
0: Regal got taken out by, I think, Margaret. No, there he is. Look, he, he looks a bit oh, different yeah. now. Yeah? Oh, he black trunks. Yeah. Looks a bit like JBL. <laughs> He's had a little bit of a haircut. He does. That might be Davari there. Is that
1: um, Matt Morgan?
0: A Val Venus in there?
1: Bloody hell, bald-headed Bald-
0: Venus! Bald-headed Venus. <laughs> Venus. Who'd have thought that? I think that is Lance Cade down there. Oh,
1: Trevor Murdoch.
0: Oh, and the Marga there hitting the ring post, and Brian Kendrick trying to do the impossible, and eliminate him. Well, a lot of competitors surround
1: him and trying their luck to eliminate you, manga.
0: And they got him now. There must be at least eight wrestlers there. At least twelve people trying to help eliminate him. In Mr Kennedy. No, Kennedy's actually attacking everybody else. maybe he likes him for reasons yet determined and Cody Rhodes. We've well, we've seen we've heard Dusty, we've seen Goldos. Of course we've got to see Cody in this podcast. And, oh no. Right,
1: where has William Regal gone now?
0: Hang on a minute. Generic Highlander leaves. Um Lance Cade gets Planted. Riggle I cannot see at this moment. Oh Kendrick did he went. Yeah, hold on. Cade I think's gone now, here we go. Valvenus uh eliminated him but Umuga did the hard work. And Jim Duggan won't back down from a challenge. Valvenus well, is gone. Yep. Yeah. And that's what a Samoan spike will do for you. And the is definitely the favourite and I mean imagine being General who Man- mugger, What kind of rules would make well, Sandman's sure. in there to yeah. his credit?
1: Sat, they they missed a trick when they didn't team up Sandman and Mr Kennedy, the bleach blonde boys.
0: <laughs> They're not that, that not their natural colour, then.
1: Um, I would say no. Uh, oh! oh,
0: you mangas just
1: eliminated himself,
0: taking out Brian Kendrick. Oh, I don't think he meant to do that, and he snapped. And Kennedy's gone by Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh my goodness, Jim Duggan. Uh oh, and now Brian Kendrick. Is going to die. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's so Where is get. William Regal? William Regal is on sabbatical during this match. And now Carlito and Benjamin are going to get rid of Duggan. Oh,
1: there's Regal there. We just see the top of his head.
0: Oh, oh. All right, we're left with five guys. We've no Regals in because this is the Regal special. And Carlito, Benjamin, Sandman and Cody... Carlito's Raw will be spits in the face of everybody.
1: Sandman will be drinking beer and smashing himself over the head with a kendo stick. Cody Shelton...
0: will be owning his name.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on Benjamin will be the greatest Raw Smackdown history.
0: Yeah, we've got a bad word to tell about Benjamin is Carlito's going, no. Look at the way he holds that rope. Okay, what, Benjamin, what he's wearing there is really cool. Unlike uh, Cody, who looks like he's supporting Norwich at this moment in time.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Man looks like he's been through... Uh... 12 rounds with Mike Tyson.
0: Well, he's upset he hasn't got any beer left.
1: Saturdays four, who, who would you be your pick to win it?
0: Well, at this moment in time, I'd say Benjamin. Hey, Collie. And Cody on the apron. Oh, Cody's still on the apron.
1: Waiting for his spot.
0: There you go. Benjamin gets caught the right hand.
1: Come on. You're like, come on. The biggest cliches in uh, kind of battle royal over the top rope matches where... Uh, Someone's down on the outside and the commentators completely play out that he doesn't exist.
0: Yeah, well, luckily it's not been done that many times to still be kind of um, worthwhile. But, you know, like I said, there's only so much you can do in a battle royal. We've seen before with like Shawn Michaels and just barely getting eliminated and stuff like that. So I think it is. But again, it's a battle royal. So what do you expect? There's only so much you can do. My only problem is, is what's annoying when it's like it just breaks down to four people, and then it seems to go into its own mini match. Then,
1: wasn't it uh, two thousand and seven, or was it? That was the Undertaker winning one, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, but they even did it like uh, when Nakamura won it, and they did it with the the two on two at that point. Yeah. Not like comparing that to this match, of course. That would be crazy, ludicrous. But what would either of these
1: four do being general manager? I don't get...
0: No, I mean, I know it's opportunity, but oh, Cody. Then he goes there. But skins the cat. right into a
1: Benjamin kick and completely fumbles that. So Carlito there, quick off the mark,
0: picks up the pieces. He knew exactly what to do. And now they're telling him to get rid of Sandman. And Sandman, to his credit, can't be eliminated that way. No. Right, but as soon as he goes up, he can. Never rated Sandman. Um... (sighs) No, I can't say I have either, to be fair. I mean, Benjamin, look at this. uh, Bellity. Oh, Benjamin, yeah. That is just incredible. And Carlito, do you know what? I didn't mind him. Underrated. I think he might have had an attitude backstage or whatever it is, but I think, you know, during that time, when you think about, like, your Mr. Kennedys or your Chris Masters or your... The people that they did nothing with. Kalito's one of those. I mean, because to be fair, during this period, there ain't no one that survived it. No one made it. You know, there's not anybody that you could say, oh, you know. No. There's Benjamin now getting thrown off the top. Hang on to the apron. Here comes Kalito.
1: Well, both men on the outside. Sandman looking for a run-up to take both guys off. He That's... does, and Sandman is the new general manager. Oh, what it looks like. They forgot about Regal. What about him... What about Regal?
0: It took his boot off, hit Sandman over the head with it. Yeah. And, and Reg- Regal is the commish yet again. Well, a new general manager winning Regal, celebrating like he just went an hour like Flair did. <laughs> he's celebrating like he's just
1: won the WWE World Heavyweight Championship.
0: <laughs> Regal, for the celebration alone, means... And he- new <laughs> general manager. Well, i tell you what, it just shows you what it means to him. And he sells it again, does good old William Regal.
1: Well, he began incorporating game shows into Raw, while general manager. On the 3rd of September episode of Raw, Regal was attacked by WWE champion John Cena in retaliation for rewarding Randy Orton with a WWE title shot after Orton had kicked John Cena's father in the head the previous week.
0: Return of the King. Regal's missing from Raw's programming for one month due to this return turn by siding with Vince McMahon. Return of the King. Regal was scheduled to compete against Hornswoggle that night with Mr McMahon at ringside.
1: McMahon tossed Regal some brass knuckles during the match and encouraged him to use them on Hornswoggle. But he let Hornswoggle go and left the ring.
0: During the Flair versus Triple H match, Triple H was about to pin Flair for the win when Regal punched Flair in the face with the brass knuckles. This gave Flair the win by disqualification, ensuring that he could continue to wrestle and that Triple H would not be part of the Royal Rumble.
1: As a result of Regal's actions towards Triple H, the following week on Raw Roulette, he lost a first blood match to Triple H after several right hands to Regal's forehead. A few weeks later, Regal made the Raw Elimination Chamber match for No Way Out. He later faced Randy Orton in a match during the European Tour to try and teach him re- some respect. The following week, Regal was in the 2008 King of the Ring tournament on a special three-hour Raw. So this
0: is April 21st, 2008. The King of the Ring tournament is going to take uh, a a cross Monday Night Raw here tonight. And we're going to get first round action. And Finlay is supposed to compete, but he's uh, just look like it's going to happen. And Regal making his way down. And this is a more serious Regal. And he's ready for action here tonight. We've just announced his first match in the King of the Ring tournament. And it's going to be Hornswoggle. Little horny. Well, Hornswoggle helping Finlay. And, of course, these two men have had a history in the past. And now uh, Finley has adopted Hornswoggle Regal, don't you dare. Regal, he's got Hornswoggle. And we talk about a man who can wrestle anybody, no matter what size. Already we see him knee one little person. <laughs> he doesn't like him, <laughs> yeah, obviously. The bell's going to ring and Hornswoggle is in all sorts of trouble.
1: And We've seen Regal go against uh, Hornswoggle's kayfabe
0: daddy in a parking lot brawl on WCW. And now... Regal's chance and he's going to take it seriously he knows what it means oh my god running cross body
1: into the littlest Regal stretch in the world an immediate
0: tap from Hornswoggle well Hornswoggle is out and come on that is just not right Regal wins and this wasn't come on now come on (sighs) Well, we'll move forward to the semi-final when it's Regal going to come back out for action against Finlay in this one and uh, the semi final's actually I'll tell you what, Chris Jericho versus CM Punk is the other semi final, which is not a bad one. Nah. And the winner of that will face uh, will CM Punk one and will face the winner of this matchup. So really Regal in action right now. Semi finals.
1: Against a man we see face
0: in a parking lot Bro, what, ten years ago? Ten years ago and you think about the history they've got since then. But we know Finley is not 100%. We know that much so far.
1: And William Regal had, what, a 10-second match?
0: If that, yeah. So he's going to be fully, fre- fully fresh.
1: But, James, there's not a lot of things people know about Finlay. But his name is Finlay, and he loves to fight. But Finlay's going to be there with fire in his eyes
0: after seeing what his
1: son went through.
0: And we see as well, after his victory, Regal with a cheap shot back. When is Regal? There's one thing we love about him. He's never been scared... To hit a cheap shot in his life?
1: No, not at all. And um, if you've got a weakness, he knows exactly where to attack. No
0: doubt. So we go semi-finals with the king of the ring.
1: And Finley's made a mistake by putting a bandage around that left knee.
0: Well, we've seen it with what? Ricky Steamboat. We've seen it with Al Snow. And now we've seen it with Finley. You don't do that with a shark in the water. That is William Regal. And this Regal style, he's changed up a little bit. He's not the kind of, is a bit more, like you said, a shark that smells blood on the water about him, which I like, you know, with Regal, aggressive side. Well, one of my favourite uh, Finley matches is
1: a Belfast, uh, Belfast brawl against JBL.
0: Yeah, WrestleMania. I think he yeah. was on the
1: losing end of it, but that's one of my favourite matches.
0: Here we go. We know what Regal's going to do we, as soon as the bell rings. There's one thing about watching him.
1: Immediately. Look, you can see him just <laughs> staring at the leg. He's not looking at him in the eye. He's on that knee. Immediately going to it. Uh, Finlay, though, ever the professional trying to do everything he can to get Regal away from it, but it'll only last so long. Well, a monkey flip into the ropes there from Finley to Regal, using one leg. Oh, and Finley just charging, uh, Fin Regal just charging Finley into the steel steps, knee first.
0: You can see the punishment done in this uh, to the leg, and Regal there just so clever, using the his environment to his advantage, as we've seen throughout. His career as well, you know, looking back in it and any way to get a victory, there's Jimmy Corderas, of course, wearing the uh SmackDown referee's top when we're on Raw. Obviously. But yeah, I mean that would make all the sense in the world. There's Finley now. And I, I tell you what, Jimmy Corderas might have to just call this because Finley, you know, he's not gonna he's not gonna give up. Has he got a villain written on the back of his trunk? Yes. What
1: kind of uh vision of Regal do you prefer? Do you prefer the singlet, the Black trunks or the, the the kind of burgundy trunks?
0: You know what? This is a pretty cool look, you know, with Regal, uh, as we can see. But I think what he wore, you know, the purple trunks, just so traditional, that's what I kind of... When I think of Regal wrestling, he's wearing those colours. Yeah. Like, like I said, the wrestling um, figure that we got, that's kind of what I class Regal looking like. But this is kind of what I class Finney
1: as looking like. I know he was wearing a black singlet
0: he well, went for a backslide but I don't think the leg held up and now a huge knee by Regal.
1: Into the Regal stretch. This has kind of been his set-up and finisher as of late. Regal stretch locked in and I think the torque on the knee of Finlay is enough to make the Irishman
0: quit. Well, Finley, I don't think we'll submit. We know how tough he is but you can see the light going through his eyes. And Regal now putting the pressure on. I think Finley's out. Referee checking, he's gone he's gone let go
1: Finlay let go Regal
0: and William Regal is in the final of the King of the Ring tournament what a huge victory for William Regal right there and who will be King of the Ring we've seen the guards guarding the throne all night long we know it's going to be one of two it's either going to be William Regal or CM Punk? What music's Punk got? <laughs> he's got his hair over his eyes as well. Typical heel fashion. In general, we've got an ECW ref now on Raw. So Regal got here by beating the Hornsvogel family, basically. So when we talk about really Regal kind of wrestling everybody that there is to wrestle, I mean, CM Punk is another one during that time where he's just coming up, not being world champion yet, not being WWE champion. Regal sees him and goes, right, there's someone I can work with. And Regal, again, straight away knows the injury, fresh as a daisy coming in on the attack. And CM Punk he's garnered
1: a lot of momentum throughout his time. You know, he's uh, Mr. Money in the Bank currently as we
0: speak. Well, the thing about Punk, even when he got, you know, debuted and people didn't even maybe know his backstory a lot, it's the fact that he looked different, and that was a good thing. At the moment, there's so many cookie-cutter type of wrestlers that, you know, CM Punk Regal, Regal's look has changed a little bit now but you can't really distinguish him with any other type of wrestler. Do you know what I mean? That's why nah. the the character as well has been unique. And, and Regal's kind of aggressive nature in this.
1: Regal certainly has got the power as well.
0: It's one of the we've seen kind of everything from Regal. Do you know what I mean? We've we've seen the, uh, the, the the kind of, you know, the cocky snobberish, whatever it is. We've seen the kind of goofy face with Eugene and that kind of, you know, with his tag team title run. We've seen him costing... Uh, the WWF at the point in invasion where he's kind of the mod men in the business. You know, Regal, and it's an association. Again, what, you know, we're in 2008 now and it means that for that amount of time, you know, 14 years, and my maths is terrible, 16 years, he's been around the business in the limelight, week in, week out, you know, again, on Raw, wrestling like he has been on Nitro or wherever it has been.
1: Well, this is his third match of the night.
0: And Regal, in great shape as he's Look at it just hurt CM Punk, and he's stretching them out and of course CM Punk and Regal face each other off when we did our CM Punk special over the Intercontinental Championship, which is a hell of a match.
1: And the look of like the the look on Regal's face, it's like he genuinely <laughs> wants to hurt you. It's like he's looks like he's putting everything over as well. And do you think you know wrestlers like CM Punk here coming up? He's like, I actually want to face Regal. I think this is, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for William Regal, what he's done to the business, and, uh, yeah, you know, this this is a match that I want.
0: Well, I doubt, you know, and, and the great thing as well, if Regal said, well, okay, what's your ideas, and fucking lay it into me as well. Don't hold back. You know, you might be new guys in the business, but let's make it look as real as possible. And there's always been a sense of realism to Regal, no matter what he's been doing, you know, even the kind of every little uh, nuance that he does.
1: Well, you know, we've been saying throughout this that Regal's faced all different types of technical character, but we've seen him face a little person (laughs) and a Belfast brawler and a technical mastermind in CM Punk in one night. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, it's a guy who can do, like I said, Regal has proven to do it all. And that's the thing. Is it a shame that he maybe never had a run as a uh, kind of top... But this is kind of close to the came. There's a huge need to Punk. Trying to lock him up in a Regal stretch. Well, Punk tried the GTS but got caught now. And Regal knows.
1: And this is against the man who is literally one cash-in away from becoming World Heavyweight Champion.
0: And he's got it in. He's got the Regal Stretch. We've seen him use it throughout his career. We've seen him use it tonight, three times. Well,
1: he's won... He's twice. Won, he's won the yeah. semi-finals, And now the final with that
0: patented knee to the back. The first time... And CM, the Regal Stretch. The first time CM Punk has submitted in WWE... And Willie Regal's a man to get the job done, and he becomes the new king of the ring. And he looks like a kid, and This is a Regal I could really get behind. Dan, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, not only has he made a statement by becoming king of the ring, but he's also made a statement
0: by pinning potentially the next world champion. And he, Regal's look great during this whole tournament as well. Yeah, the matches might not have been kind of really, really long. But they, they told the story, you know, and it's Regal who took advantage of all three opponents to get the victory and become king.
1: Yeah, he seized the opportunity, He kind of knew where they was injured, what was up with them and uh, the amount of torment they'd gone through through the matches. And yeah, you know, picked up the inevitable victories. Well, Regal's coronation ceremony the next week was interrupted by the returning Mr. Kennedy. A few weeks later, Regal lost the loser-gets-fired match to Mr. Kennedy, after which Regal was kayfabe forced to leave WWE. In reality, Regal was suspended on the 20th of May for 60 days for his second violation of the company's substance abuse and drug testing policy.
0: Well, on the 28th of July, Regal returned from his suspension as a free agent during an episode of Raw, where defeated by then-world heavyweight champion CM Punk.
1: And on an amazing date episode, 3rd of November of Raw... Regal had the chance to challenge for the Intercontinental Championship.
0: Which he got, and then the next week in Manchester. So this is Manchester, November 10th. So where's Manchester? It's in Manchester's England, England. And he is, uh, Regal is back home. going to face Santino Morella for the Intercontinental Championship. And again, completely out there. Carrying... And in 2009, of course, in Manchester, and Beth Phoenix won the title for Santino.
1: The Honker Perfect Bounty Meter.
0: So it's 123 weeks that the Mountaineer Perfect and Honka Tonk held the title.
1: And Santino is currently at 13 weeks.
0: I mean, Santino was quite a funny character in his way. So only two more years and Santino will match the record. Well, Santino champion. So, I mean, that is an achievement in its own right. Absolutely. Oh, boo. Santino says he's from the best country in Europe, Italy.
1: And Regal getting a pop here, coming out in England.
0: And of course, 2008 King of the Ring alongside Layla, who went on to become DV's champion as well, part of Lay Call. Cool.
1: Nothing to do with Lay Resistance.
0: And again, winning Regal here in Manchester after all this time. Gonna fight for the Inter mm-hmm. Championship, but title he's held, of course, and beat Edge for. I mean, think about all his accomplishments, what he's done in WWE, WWE has now eclipsed it. But the Intercontinental Championship again would be the, the cherry on top of the cake. Regal's cool isn't he? There's a thing, yeah. just likable about him. And Santino wants to be the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all times. Do we get to see the Cobra? Well, we don't know. Let's see what happens here. As the bell's just about to ring, and well, a lock up, and the power advantage goes
1: to Regal. He just backs Santino up into the corner. Irish whips him to the opposite end of the
0: ring. Huge back elbow. And Regal means business, nice suplex, and Regal wants Santino to get to his feet, Oh, bang, a huge knee, well we've seen that before, one, two, three, <laughs> yeah. doesn't even bother with the Regal
1: stretch, just knocks him out in, what, 30 seconds, <laughs> 30, 40
0: seconds, and William Regal is the new intercontinental champion, Dan, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely brilliant.
1: <laughs> you know, this is not something that we've actually seen from William Regal, aside from going against Hornswoggle, who, again, no disrespect, doesn't really kind of count as a serious competitor. Not that Santino Morella is much of a serious competitor, but to see a dominant Regal is absolutely brilliant.
0: Yeah, and William Regal is the intercontinental champion. And just a pop as well for Manchester to be in England. Just a great, great moment.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Well later he entered into a feud for the title with number one contender CM Punk. On fifth of january two thousand and nine episode of Raw, Regal lost to Punk via disqualification after he grabbed the referee's shirt. Due to this, Stephanie Mann awarded Punk a rematch the following week with the stipulation that if Regal was disqualified he would lose the
0: Intercontinental title. But this time Punk was disqualified. McMahon awarded Punk another rematch this time in a no disqualification on nineteenth of January where Regal lost the title. Regal got a rematch, but lost the match. Following the draft, Regal
1: was left alone on the Raw brand as his on-screen manager Layla was drafted to SmackDown brand. At Extreme Rules, Regal unsuccessfully challenged Kofi Kingston for the US Championship, along with MVP and Matt Hardy. Kofi Kingston retained the US Championship by pinning Regal.
0: Last run.
1: Regal was traded to the ECW brand on the 29th of June. In his first match on ECW on Sci-Fi, the following night, he teamed with Vladimir Kozlov to defeat Tommy Dreamer and Christian.
0: Well, Regal was named as the number one contender for the ECW Championship on the 18th August episode of ECW. He teamed with Kozlov again to face Ezekiel Jackson, the ECW champion Christian, Christian to ensure Regal's victory with a trio of Regal. Kozlov and Jackson forming a new alliance, which is later dubbed the Ruthless Roundtable. At SummerSlam, Regal challenged Christian for
1: his title but was defeated in eight seconds.
0: With the roundtable's help, Regal defeated Christian in a non-title match on the 25th of August episode of ECW to win a title rematch against Christian at Breaking Point. And this match in itself, there was a couple in late years we're not going to have a chance to watch but his match against Daniel Bryan on Superstars is like a ten minute five star match and the match against Christian as well, Christian had the ability to work well with everybody and the styles just meshed really well but unfortunately he came up short.
1: Well, Regal was then denied
0: another chance at number one
1: contendership, but the Ruthless Roundtable continued to repeatedly attack Christian to continue the feud.
0: Well, as a result, Christian demanded to face Regal, so he received another shot for the ECW Championship on the 10th of November episode of ECW in Sheffield, England, but he was once again unsuccessful. At
1: Survivor Series, Regal participated in a traditional 5-on-5 Survivor Series elimination match and was
0: eliminated by MVP. Well, following the 5 Series, Decentral was teased within the Ruthless Roundtable, although Jackson seemed close to leave the group, Regal... Altney sided with Jackson and turned on Kostoff. by assisting
1: Jackson defeating Kostloff to qualify for the ECW homecoming battle Royal to number contendership for the ECW title. Well, Jackson won the ECW homecoming battle Royal and was granted a title shot. And defeated him at the Royal Rumble to regain his title.
0: Well, despite the loss, Regal and Jackson continue to assault Christian, who accepts Jackson's title challenge. On the final episode of ECW on 16th February 2010, Regal helped Jackson defeat Christian in an Extreme Rules match to become the final ECW champion. After ECW was cancelled to be, to be replaced by NXT, Regal
1: returned to the Raw brand, but he also became the pro-to-rookie Skip Sheffield on the first season of NXT. Regal made his debut on 2nd of March episode of NXT, teaming with Sheffield in a losing effort against Matt Hardy and Justin Gabriel.
0: People aren't that those. Skip Sheffield was, in fact, Ryback as well. On the 30th of, uh, April episode of NXT, Regal won his first match on the show, defeating former pupil Daniel Bryan.
1: On the 10th of May episode of NXT, Sheffield was eliminated from the competition.
0: Well, Regal was mostly involved in lower car feuds after the turn to Wrestle and Raw, and also regularly appeared in NXT and Superstars. In 2010, he regularly lost tag team matches against Santino Marella, while trading wins with... Regal defeated Darren Young in three matches on Superstars in October and November. In March 2011, Regal became
1: the colour commentator for the fifth season of NXT. Regal was drafted to SmackDown as part of the 2011 WWE Supplemental Draft.
0: Well, on NXT, Regal began a feud with rookie Jacob Novak after Novak taunted him as an old and washed up. On the 3rd of
1: May episode of NXT, Regal was set to face Novak, but Novak's pro, JTG, stepped in to replace Novak while Regal won. Novak interfered attacking Regal and causing a disqualification.
0: Will the attack turn Regal face on the 10th May episode of NXT, Regal defeated Novak by submission to end a feud as Novak was eliminated on the next episode.
1: After Regal came to the aid of NXT host Matt Stryker, saving him from an assault by Darren Young, Young challenged Regal to a match on the 6th of September episode of NXT and Regal duly defeated Young.
0: On the 13th September episode of NXT, Regal teamed with Stryker against JTG and Darren Young in a losing effort. On the 10th of November episode
1: of Superstars held in England, Regal was plank- pranked when his old Real Man's Man theme song was played when he lost to protégé Daniel Bryan, but both wrestlers showed respect after the match.
0: Yeah, go and check that out on YouTube. That really is a cracking match. And on the 15th of February 2011 episode of NXT Redemption, Regal temporarily took charge as NXT host from Matt Stryker, set up matches on the show which led to him being made NXT's official match coordinator two weeks later. Appointed as an authority figure. Regal had issues with
1: NXT's perennial troublemakers, Kurt Hawkins and Tyler Rex, while Maxine attempted to influence him to get her off NXT. Well, in
0: 2011, Regal also acted as a color commentator for Florida Championship Wrestling and was during this time he began a feud with Dean Ambrose after unprovoked attack by Ambrose on Regal set up a match between two on the 6th of November episode of SCW where Regal, Regal viciously attacked Ambrose's left arm and pinned him
1: following the loss to Regal Ambrose became obsessed about wanting a rematch and regularly taunted Regal by using Regal's finishing move to win matches
0: a rematch was scheduled as the main event for the final episode of SCW on fifteenth July the match began with Regal viciously attacking Ambrose injured left arm but Ambrose ran Regal into the ring post so badly to disorient him that Ambrose ruthlessly kneed Regal's head into exposed turnbuckle causing Regal to bleed from the ear and the match was then ruled and no contest.
1: After the match Regal stared down Ambrose then applauded the pull turned his head to allow Ambrose to deliver the knee trembler. Afterwards the FCW locker room stormed the ring to separate Ambrose from a fallen Regal while commentators questioned whether Regal would ever be able to wrestle again.
0: Well, he continued to work as a colour commentator for NXT after FCW was branded as NXT.
1: In 2012, Regal wrestled multiple live event dates, wrestling against the likes of Santino Morella and Wade Barrett. Regal ended up on both the winning and losing side.
0: At the Limit, Regal participated in a 20-man battle royal, but was ultimately unsuccessful. In late 2012, Regal played the role of Sheamus' friend in Sheamus' rivalry against Big Show, where he was repeatedly attacked by show. Regal was featured
1: on the 6th of November episode of SmackDown in Birmingham. Birmingham. England, in which Regal teamed with Sheamus in a loss to Big Show and Wade Barrett, and later on the 12th November episode of Raw, he lost to Big Show.
0: Well, what was NXT?
1: Regal wrestled for the WWE during April tour of the United Kingdom, losing to Cesaro on Raw and losing to Wade Barrett on SmackDown. On the 1st of December, Regal defeated Ace Steel in a match for World League Wrestling in Eldon, Missouri.
0: Well, Regal will let make a surprise appearance on the 17th of June 2013 episode of Raw, where he challenged Cesaro to a match in which he was defeated.
1: On the 5th of December, Regal started a feud with his former disciple Cassius Ono when he saved Tyson Kidd from an assault by Ono and Leo Kruger.
0: When well, we saved Derek Bateman from Ono's post match attack, Ono confronted Regal and punched him. The next week, Regal apologised to Ono in reply. Cassius stated that he had followed in Regal's footsteps to arrive in WWE, but that Regal's whole career had no legacy, leading to Regal punching Ono again. After both men continued to attack each other, the rivalry culminated in a match on 10th of
1: April 2013 episode of NXT.
0: Yeah, and without a doubt, this match is incredible as well. You can see Regal's kind of facial features and kind of not wanting to be that man again, but having to to push himself to that limit and get the job done against Cassius Ono.
1: Well, Ono later apologised to Regal. On the 26th of June episode of NXT, Regal tried to help Ono, Adrian Neville and Corey Graves from a joint assault by the Wyatt family, Garrett Dillon and Scott Dawson, but was overwhelmed.
0: Well, two weeks later, Graves, Neville and Regal faced the Wyatt family with Bray Wyatt pinning Regal. So, yeah, that's right. Even when he was supposed to the end of the career, he still faced with Brian, Dean Ambrose and Bray Wyatt.
1: Well, Regal's final in-ring feud was against Antonio Cesaro, due to Regal saving Byron Saxton from Cesaro's bullying, which culminated with Cesaro versus Regal on the 25th December episode of NXT. This would be his final match.
0: So here we go. Can you believe this is his final match of this storied career, Dan? Uh, What have you thought of the kind of career? I mean, this is just an incredible moment, isn't it? We've seen Miri's first match in his debut, and now the last one against Cesaro.
1: Absolutely, and uh, just the plethora plethora of wrestlers that he's faced. During his time in wrestling, you know, you can kind of see that he's definitely a lot older in the face, even though it looks like he's trying to grow his mullet back. Um, You know, it's best to retire when you're still kind of on top, so to speak. Well, this is the
0: thing, and it's kind of not a perfect career, but then he's transitioning into the kind of authority figure slash commentator, which, you know, breathes life into it after, you have you know, you're going to hang up your boots in the regal... They've been going around for so long. And like I said, the people that he's faced and, you know, the companies that he's been in, not the ITV, you know, the World of Sport kind of stuff, uh, WWE, WCW, uh, of course, fighting for the ECW Championship in NXT now as well. You know, and NJPW, of course, that we found out earlier about his matching. He's been there and faced the best of, of each generation.
1: Absolutely, yeah. <laughs>
0: and it's proof. We've got proof right here. Look at the people that he's faced. And again, it's him giving and saying, no, I'll go out of my sword. It's kind of old-fashioned, you know, Cesaro, let's do it.
1: But it's someone that's had, you know, a huge love for this business. It's someone that's kind of lived and breathed wrestling. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, despite his uh, couple of downfalls slash setbacks, you know, with um, his substance abuse issues, he's kind of overcome his demons. He's kind of come out on top. And, you know, there's... Nary a bad word to say about William Regal, the character, the man, and, you know, just who he is and was in the ring.
0: This is the thing, and and I looked at especially with the speaking out, and then we're going to try and cheer ourselves up. You know, the the thing is about it is that there's not... William Regal, his personal life is his personal life. He keeps to himself. There's not a lot we know about him in that way. What we do know is his love of professional wrestling, and it comes out. And there's not been one time during this whole kind of show or podcast that I felt bored or repetitive to see Regal. I could watch him for longer. I'm thinking about, oh, we should do another one one day with more matches involved as well, because that is what he's brought to it. It's an incredible career, you know?
1: Absolutely, and, um, you know, definitely over the next couple of years, he
0: deserves his rightful place in the Hall of Fame. Um, Headline act, Hall of Fame? I think, yeah. I think, yes, at this moment in time. As NXT, think how relevant he is at this moment. In NXT and everything like that. William Regal's is the guy who definitely deserves it.
1: Especially, you know, with everything that he's done for his career. Even towards the end, you know, putting over characters like Dean Ambrose, Cesaro, um, Bray Wyatt. Just everything.
0: Yeah, so just go back to the Hall of Fame. Especially if uh, WrestleMania is in England. The Regal being headline would make perfect sense. Oh,
1: fuck yeah! <laughs> that is just a great point. But who would... Induct him into the Hall of Fame. Wow. Would it be Triple H, the common look, one yeah, of the early yeah, members of the Blue be, Bloods?
0: We've seen Finley, Dave Taylor, association with him. Even someone like you know, out of the box, thinking Jr. Jr. Maybe he's been in association. CM Punk might want to come back and do that. You know, saying this is what you've done for me.
1: Cesaro, last match. Exactly. There's so many uh, choices. Maybe you know, he's. Do you reckon he's even grand enough to have Vince McMahon?
0: Well, you know, Vince obviously saw something in him, you know, and like I said, all he's needed is a chance and he's kind of given everything that he's got. You know, people talk about the Undertaker and Triple H. William Regal is is one of those guys cut out exactly the exactly same mould. You know, there's no difference and it's just as you'd be able to show people.
1: Our uh, Regal with a few kind of backwards kicks as the referee was trying to get him to break gloating as he walked away. That caused Cesaro to come out of the corner and just clip the back of his knee. And now look, Cesaro taking a page out of Regal's book. He spotted a weakness and opening in William Regal's uh, kind of stature and injury there and uh, Cesaro was just targeting it.
0: Do you think, and what do you think of uh, William Regal's kind of uh, character changes? You know what I mean? Has he have to evolve himself? You know, when you consider someone like Chris Jericho has had to justly kind of change the character. Regal hasn't, because it's been such a good character as well, you know?
1: I think that, yeah, you know, um, there's not a lot of characters that can get through their career without having to change it too drastically. I mean, once Austin found the 316 gimmick, that was kind of it for the rest of his career. Um, But then that lasted six years. So that kind of, his career ended before it got stale. With The Undertaker, I mean, he was around a similar time or he's been around a similar time as William Regal. He's had to kind of go from the dead man to the like uh oh, what's it american the, Bad the american badass and back again whereas william regal like you know he has adapted it but slightly you know he's he's had subtle changes yeah. to it but his core gimmick has still been the same whereas you know you've got the likes of chris jericho who's been the ayatollah rock and roller the goat this that the other you know he's had while still keeping a majority of the core. You know, he's kind of changed it a fair bit. Yeah,
0: with Regal, the look kind of, you can tell from his very first appearance, and it's kind of weird that he grew his hair a little bit longer because obviously when we saw him first, a little bit longer hair. Mullet. You know, and uh, it's kind of weird that this you can tell, yes, that's, this is a guy from, you know, that we saw in his very first match. Do you think he should have donned his perfectly coloured trunks
1: and boots for his final outing? Oh, you know what?
0: That would probably be a perfect thing. But then again, maybe at this moment, he thought this might not be the last match and because it was so perfect... Well, he's you know, just been sent for
1: the Cesaro swing and it looked like he was getting set up for the neutraliser but Regal managed to evade it, backdrop Cesaro and drop the knee straight onto the el- uh, onto the shoulder, bicep area.
0: And Regal knows there's not a lot left in him. If anybody could pick a body part, it's him, but he's in survival mode at the moment. A
1: huge running uppercut.
0: I think Regal blocked most of it. And again, Regal is so innovative innovative with the way he can block strikes and you can see that with either the hands or the legs as he's doing and now just taking cesaro apart
1: well he's kind of using like the top of his thigh where his knees uh injured by cesaro he's kind of using the top of his uh the back of his thigh to kind of drop it on the bicep and injure cesaro
0: regal now with the uppercut and a suplex and i mean he must have hit that thousands of times during his career and I don't think there's a, a better guy working on the body part than Regal as well. Just it's so... It, it, it's just sucking him. Makes me a better wrestler. Do you know what I mean? And it's like... <laughs> and now Regal may be looking for the knee, but with all the punishment taken by Cesaro, he knows that's going to be difficult. And Cesaro with the headbutt... Well, Regal gets his knee up the second time, just completely drops Cesaro. And Regal is facing a guy in his absolute prime... And Regal, he might be a bit knocked out on his feet. Grabs the ear Cesaro. Double underhook. But Cesaro holding it in.
1: Oh, let's check for Cesaro lifting Regal up. All the way over into a cover. But Regal turning it round. <laughs> Still holding
0: on. No. Wait a minute though, with Regal is locking the legs of Cesaro. We've seen this before from him.
1: Cesaro's a million miles away from salvation.
0: Cesaro's so strong, not letting the arm. And this is the guy in his absolute prime now, turning round. And Cesaro's watched Regal tapes throughout his whole career. And Regal's frustrated when well, he knows he can't hit the knees. got to make sure the knees are right. Ah, oh, Cesaro with a beautiful high drop kick, straight on the button. We've seen a bit of everything. We've seen joint manipulation with Cesaro trying to get things back in position. And now Cesaro looking to finish Regal. Well, double on to the back of the head of Regal. And Regal may be out. And it's a shame to see a career end like this, but Cesaro, is he showing maybe a little bit of remorse?
1: Well, I love you, uh, Regal is certainly a man that all wrestlers will look up to and respect. But do you know what I'd love to see Regal do now? Reach down into his trunk <laughs> and pull out big, fat knuckles.
0: Yeah, exactly. That would be brilliant. And now Cesaro picking Regal up. And there is a lot of emotion with Cesaro. Sometimes this has to happen. But Regal's definitely
1: looking like he's out. Cesaro. Kind of like. Put he... the final nail in the
0: coffin. But it's like he doesn't want to do it. But he has to.
1: Is it another I'm sorry.
0: I love you moment. Exactly. It looks exactly like that. Regal has gone dead weight. And just different catching up with him. And again story told. We've seen a story told in every one of his matches. Indeed.
1: You know, this is kind of. Cesaro kind of feeling a bit sorry for the old dog. Don't want to take him beyond the woodshed and blow the back of his brains out with a shotgun <laughs> kind of thing. And you see William Regal saying, no, come on. Stiff off a lip, sir. Oh, put me out of my misery, sir.
0: One last act of defiance from Regal. Now into position. Neutraliser. And Cesaro going for the pin. One, two,
1: two, three. three. And you can see look he's angry with himself, he throws the knee away in disgust, saying, Look, I didn't want to do that. Had to, had to prove a point. You goaded me into this. But I'd and like to see a nice embrace after.
0: Cesaro was just too strong. And it all it ended really with a foot stomp to the back. And Regal there getting walked off, but Cesaro closely behind him. Oh wait a minute. Cesaro offering the hand and Regal embraces and I mean, like you said, you'd like to see a bit of respect. And what a way to go out, to go out on your sword. And in 2017, he confirmed that he was in fact retired from wrestling.
1: We go on to NXT and 205 Live, general manager.
0: Well, in July 2014, Regal was revealed as the new general manager of NXT. Dave Meltzer later wrote that Regal was moved from commentary booth to the figurehead commissioner role since the decision was made that NXT should be about grooming announcers for the future WWE. They simply don't think of Regal in that role.
1: Well, in both late 2014 and early 2015, WWE executive Triple H described Regal as playing a key role in recruiting wrestlers to NXT and thus WWE, whether it was from independent or international wrestling circuit or from other sports.
0: He also became a trainer at the WFM Centre after the passing of Dusty Rhodes.
1: Regal made regular on NXT television throughout 2015 and sixteen and was storyline responsible for the signing of Bobby Roode to NXT in August 2016. Regal appeared during the Cruiserweight Classic semi-finals, handing TJ Perkins his medallion for defeating Kota Ibushi.
0: On the 22nd January 2018, Regal made a brief appearance on stage during the 25th anniversary episode of Raw.
1: In February 2018, WWE.com referred to Regal as the WWE Director of Talent developmental Development and Recruiting.
0: Fuck it. Yeah. Well, on April 13th, 2020, Regal was announced to take over the managerial duties of 205 Live in addition of NXT, replacing Drake Maverick for his release from WWE. He is Britain's biggest wrestling export
1: since the British Bulldog and will no doubt be entered into the Hall of Fame one day.
0: His career has not been the most title-laden, of that there could be no question, but in terms of breaking the mold for a new breed of British and American wrestlers, Regal's impact on the company is far-reaching. Just ask Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, two of the men whom he trained in the early days with the company, and that is not bad accolade to have at all. So, Dan, looking back on it, what's your best feud from William Regal? Um, I would
1: have to say
0: um, Finlay. Yeah, I would say Finlay kind of had been attached to that time, you know, and you can you can see it there. I mean, there's not been anybody... I mean, the Jericho feud was, was brilliant because of just the kind of humour brought to it as well. And the CM Punk stuff. And the later stuff with Ono and Cesaro kind of brought a different layer. So there's kind of not one guy you would say, oh, well, that's the rock to his Austin. But with Regal, could work with so many. That's what made him so valuable. You Absolutely, know? yeah. And what, what's, about, what about his best match? Our best match? Well, um, I think... Uh, the Steamboat one was just one that you could sit down with people and go, that's what a wrestling match should be. You know, that, that's that's how it should work. But I think for terms of excitement and uh, stuff like that, you know, I've got to think to myself, that edge at Royal Rumble winning the Indicorna title for that first time.
1: Yeah, I think that, yeah, you know, his Steamboat match again, you know, I th- honestly didn't realise he'd wrestled Steamboat in his illustrious career. When people say, you know, what should a wrestling match include? That is what, you know, they should look at. But to take the moment of, you know, him beating Edge, I think that was great. But I just absolutely loved all his reactions to winning titles. I mean, every title he won, whether it's for the third, second, first, you know, it would be just like it was he'd never won a title before. And that is absolutely great.
0: Fantastic. I mean, my I think for my best moment, it's a bit cheesy, but I think to be able to watch a Riddling Regal special and just be like, yeah, this is what it's all about. What's your best moment from really Regal's career, though? A spot of pee? <laughs> it has to be. I mean, you know, just, again, his
1: facial, his facial expressions tell the whole story that he just drank piss.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You no, know, and it's simpler, it could be simpler than that, couldn't it? So, of course, they were the WNR's favourite moments, but what of William Regal's favourite moments? Well, on an episode of uh, Table for Free with Sheamus and Barrett, uh, he actually told us uh, what it was, and he said that the dressing drag on W Monday Night Raw was his favourite thing he did in his entire professional wrestling career.
1: Well, that was probably my favourite thing I've ever done at a time I've been in wrestling, Regal continued. Doing that was the most actual fun I ever had.
0: According to Regal, Raw was emanating from Las Vegas, Nevada that night and a Raw roulette idea came up. Regal was asked to dress in drag for the Las Vegas Showgirls match against Goldust.
1: If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right, Regal recalled. Thinking, I want the full Vegas Showgirl, Regala. I want to get the thing, but where are we going to get that? I want red high heels. Where are we going to get that? It just that we were ne- that we were in Vegas. Well, actually, I'm nearly a size 12 shoe. So they went and got me a 13-size Red Hills. But we were in Vegas, so it was okay. It all worked out nicely.
0: Well, as for Regal's rule, Man's gimmick, he joked that the only good thing about that part of his career is he had no recollection of it. Regal was struggling with his drug issues at the time and does not recall much of it in his life. And you can actually tell by the performance as well. Regal claimed that the gimmick lasted a little over a month, but it's overshadowed everything else that he's done in his entire professional wrestling career.
1: Well, it lasted five weeks. I had a 30-year solid wrestling career in 40 countries, and I've been pretty successful at a lot of things. But that five week has still defined my career, and people still sing that song to me every day, and I'm not making this up. <laughs> every time I call the office, they put me on hold, and that is the thing playing down the phone line. <laughs>
0: that is brilliant. Well, the episode of Table 3 concluded with Regal offering advice to professional wrestlers. He said that professional wrestlers cannot take themselves too seriously and gave examples of Stone Cold, Steve Austin and Kurt Angle, two legitimate tough guys who embraced the comedic role. He said, if you take yourself too seriously, you've
1: got no chance in this job. You cannot take yourself seriously. You've got to embrace whatever is given and make the most of every opportunity to make it funny or to make it memorable. Regal added, Austin and Angle are two serious fellas, right? So comfortable with themselves that they're happy to do anything. That's the key to it. When you're happy and you're comfortable with yourself, you're not worried about being a top guy. You make the most out of anything and make it work.
0: Without a doubt. So let's go to October 7, 2002 and see Willie Regal's favourite moment in his career, dressed up here. So here comes William Regal dressed in drag. dust in drag. Again, another match with dust. It doesn't look too bad. Let's see what Regal looks like. Well, he seems a bit reluctant to come out getting dragged out by security. And
1: <laughs> Oh my, well... There's the size 13 red heels. He can barely walk in them. And his face looks an absolute picture. Dust is loving it.
0: Regal can't walk on heels. <laughs> Again, he's not afraid to be laughed at. And he's more of a man than you'll ever be, more of a woman than you'll ever get. That's what he is coming out here. So he's come be-
1: So he's done a five-week stint as a real man's man. yeah, And he's dressed in drag. And people actually get to him more about the real man's man gimmick as opposed to him dressing up
0: in drag. Exactly. And that's what you've got to love about William Regal. My God, what a moment there. So William Regal, we're not going to watch the entire match, but that is his favourite moment. Um, also, we sent a tweet out as well, saying that we're going to do a William Regal special.
1: Yes, um, basically saying... Uh, Find out, your, uh, find out our favourite matches, matches, and moments, and let us know yours. Yeah. And as always, our followers, listeners, they responded in their drones. Um, Amish Man said his match with CM Punk is one of his favourites.
0: Yeah, uh, Haggard the Horrible said any WCW match, Snooty Regal's facial expressions uh, must see. Um,
1: also, if we're going WCW, his match
0: against Fit Finlay comes to mind. Uh, Wu Tang Clang says Steamboat v Regal for WWE 4 Brawl 1993. And Jimmy Evans is just a fan of Regal in general. In general, they said that uh, on Twitter we talk about Regal doesn't have a bad match. And uh, I think we see it there. Uh, so that is it. That is, that's it done, you know? No, James, we're not done just yet. That's it. Don't forget we can. No, nope. f- What? No, we're not done just yet. We are done.
1: We haven't announced our follower of the week.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot about the follow week. You're right. It's been so much excitement.
1: Indeed, Jess. But our follow-up of the week is Austin10013. Austin.
0: Austin. <laughs> Austin. And Austin316 said that is the end of the show. Our next episode is NXT, the Great American Bash. We're going to have a great two-part next week. We've got Great American Bash coming on Sunday. And then the uh, following Wednesday, it will be AEW Fighter Fest. And fight of the Fallen. So that is it. Don't forget to across all social media platforms on Twitter podcast. At WNR Dan. I'm the WNRJR. R J also on Facebook. Yes, the WNR Podcast on Facebook and also Instagram. Across all the Google platforms, send us an email at Podcast at gmail.com.
1: We're on YouTube, the WNR Podcast, we have all the latest clips.
0: And podcast. at the same time on YouTube as do SoundCloud. On your phone. Also Stitcher and Spreaker, where we do our live shows and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. So that is it. And don't forget, the next episode is NXT Great American Bash, but until... I have been James Rowlands, and as always, always joined by... Damn right. It's a fucking crack in that wall there. I can see it. Am I tripping out? That's all right. Look, look like a crack in the wall. Thanks for this, everybody, and bye. Bye.